Episode 148, Part 1. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over Culture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain, if I push it any harder, the whole thing will blow. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And And we're we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Stop! Hammer time! All right, welcome. It is, uh, we're talking about Star Trek. Yeah. Beyond. Yes. 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 We have gone beyond Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they should call this like, uh... Uh, Star Trek Friday After Next. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Get Chris Tucker in there, some yeah. alien. Yeah, this is part one. Chris Tucker's an alien. Oh, they did that fifth element. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that that didn't work out well. No, not really. I don't know if he, he wasn't an alien, though. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. That hairstyle is definitely alien. <laughs> did you, when you watched it, did you, like, want to kind of play, uh, what's that, 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 that game the kids are playing with uh, the ping pongs and the cups? Oh, like Red Cup or whatever you call it? Yeah, what do you call it? Flippy that? Cup? Um, beer Pong. Yeah, beer you pong. guys are calling every other name <laughs> in the book. I got him calling it. Who, what do you call it? Flippy Cup? And what do you call it? I call it, it Red Cup. I call, I call it, it Red cup. cup. And everybody's saying it. Jay's like, <laughs> I, I say that. I, I'm out. <laughs> Jay's like, I, you know what? If I don't know the answer, I'm not going to say anything. Well, you know, somebody was going to email and, and correct us. So. It's Beer Pong. We yeah. got it. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys, want to play a game of Flippy Cup? <laughs> Oh, thing, I, hey, I'm busy. That's a game, too. I'm too, I'm too busy over here playing Red Cup. <laughs> Flippy Cup's fun. Well, it's not that we're not playing. Fl- Is that when you flip a cup? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I ever came to that conclusion. Inspired <laughs> <laughs> <why> the host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be talking about Justin Lin's Star Trek Beyond. Uh, I'm also going to call it uh, Simon Pegg's Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Uh, in this first part uh, of the episode. Uh, this is part one. Next episode, uh, next part of this episode, excuse me, is Stranger Things. Yeah. But we're going to break up the, we're also going to have a San Diego Comic Con episode. 
uh, in a I'm separate... so confused. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it's, it's like trying to differentiate between red cup and flipping cup. It's, it's confusing. I don't know. They both have cups. I know. <laughs> All right. But let's, let's first, we're just going to, you know what? We're not reading any emails this week. None, not not for this episode or San Diego Comic Con, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna preface emails this week. Don't send me any more uh, until because next week we're gonna read them all. But don't send me any more in the meantime, and, uh, and and I don't want the email that's saying I know Brian didn't ask for any emails, but fuck you, I'm gonna send it anyway. Yeah, you're you're a badass, James Dean. All right, <laughs> all right, you're a rebel without a fucking cause. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, the thing is, it's like uh, there are there are, there's a couple listeners that are real close to getting banned on emails. I believe it because I'm getting I'm getting like I don't need to hear from you every fucking week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every week with you. <laughs> Every just checking week. in. Just che- yeah, and, and nothing important. No. Just, just they just want to hear themselves yammering on yeah. on the podcast, and I gotta read it to everybody and four people. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, all yes. right. Let's jump into this uh, synopsis. The U.S. S. Let me move my. This is annoying me. <laughs> the uh, synopsis: The USS Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space, where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. Ooh, uh... Star Trek Beyond is directed by Justin Lin. Justin Lin took the directing job of the third film by beating out Edgar Wright, Rupert Wyatt. Edgar Wright beat out Rupert uh, and Rupert Wyatt. That was the was that the second uh, Planet of the Apes director, or was that the first? The first. Matt Reeves was the second. Correct. Okay. Uh, Morton Tidelum, uh, Daniel Espinoza, and Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones too busy making that wonderful movie Warcraft. <laughs> he made the right choice. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Simon Pegg and Doug Young. Uh, this uh, was after Robert Orsi had actually started writing the script back in 2013 with Patrick McKay. Um, Orsi was another one rumored to direct this film for a while. Yeah, it was going to be his directorial debut for a minute. Yeah. Uh, it stars Chris Pine as Captain James T. Kirk, Zachary Quinto as Commander Spock, and uh, although he enjoys uh, playing the part of Spock a lot... He has made mention that he is ready to move on from the role and venture into other projects. He has stated that, though he uh, fully plans to finish out his contractual obligations in playing the role of Spock and seeing where his character's journey goes into the trilogy, Quino, uh, just like the rest of his main co-star, signed on for a three-picture deal, in which makes this film the last contractual commitment towards the role of Spock. Wow. I can't see him not coming back. No. Uh-uh. Because... He should leave. I mean, the sky's the limit for Quinto. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like... <laughs> Between, you know, I mean, no, between, like, this and American Horror Story. Right, yeah. Like, what else is this guy really doing? Nothing, yeah. He he might say he wants to pursue stuff, and usually they go anywhere from three to four, maybe five years before they come out. No, four years at the most before they come out with a Star Trek film. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think in four years he's going to want a paycheck, and I think he'll come back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Carl Urban as uh, Dr. Uh, McCoy. uh, In an interview, Carl Urban stated that he almost did not return to the role of uh, Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy, what convinced him to stay was a discussion with director Justin Lin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Zoe Saldana as Lieutenant Uhura. Simon Pegg as Montgomery Scotty Scott. John Cho as Sulu. Anton Yelkin as Chekhov. Uh, and Idris Elba as Krall. Uh, Sophia, Sophia Butella as Jayla. 
she was also in The Kingsman. She played Giselle mm-hmm. in The okay. Kingsman. Uh, Jayla is named for Jennifer Lawrence and inspired by her Winter's Bone character of Reed Dolly. Oh, wow. Okay. Winter's Bone is not a porno <laughs> set in Antarctica. It will be. Yeah, now it will be. <laughs> Great idea. Game of Bones. <laughs> it sucks. Winter is coming. Oh, Being winter a fluffer is... in Antarctica is not easy. Yes. It's not. <laughs> you really have a lot of work. You got a lot of work to do. Uh, Star Trek Beyond has a runtime of 120 minutes and an estimated budget of $185 million. Uh, first thing we're going to do is rate this movie, and I'm going to play the rating system this week. <laughs> nice, nice. If this is your first time listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, let's start off this week with Frank Hammer. Mm. Hammer time. Hammer time the fuck out of this rating. All right. Okay, um... I was kind of had my hopes down on this. I didn't really have a lot of high hopes coming in, even though the reviews that were kind of like right ahead of time were really good. But I was surprised that everything right down to the destruction of the Enterprise was used as a, as a plot device as opposed to just doing it for whatever the fuck. Um, the special effects were top-notch. The fact that the crew was split up allowed them to do a little bit of decent character development with each. Uh, and then at the very end, they scienced the fuck out of it. Uh, this is what I've wanted out of a, a Star Trek movie for a while. It wasn't sabotaged? <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet some of you guys faded it, but I fucking love that part. I thought it was great. I was tapping my fucking foot in the theater. So uh, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Mm. All right. We got a Tupperware from Frank Hammer. Uh, moving on to uh, Jason. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. The, the trailers uh, was um, I-, I was not excited after seeing most of the trailers. Um, and in fact, all of them didn't really get me that hyped for this, especially after being burnt by the second one. I had a bad taste in my mouth from that, so I really wasn't terribly looking forward to this. Um, but I think um, I think they did a great job of giving me what I wanted in character development and also. You know, balancing balancing that well with the action. Now, um, I'm giving it a high taste. It and the reason it's not a Tupperware for me is because I wish they had slowed down a little bit on the action. I wish I had gotten more, just like these people interacting without you know having to deal with threat after threat after threat. Um, because that's why I love the first one so much. And this did it, did it did echo some of those things that I liked about the first one with the characters. I, I enjoyed the hell out of seeing. Bones and Spock together interacting more in this because because Bones was the one that I was really felt let down with the first one and the second one. I was like, I want more of him. He was great, mm-hmm. but I wanted more of him. I loved him in the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that in the second one they just used him for like nostalgic gags. Yeah, yeah. like the whole Tribble gag and mm-hmm. exactly and, st- and and just like oh, this is just like that's what Bones would say. Insert witty Bones, you know, yes, comedy. And that the second one more so than yeah. the first. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I feel like that's probably why he didn't want to come back too but i think oh agreed i I, mean you know yeah jake you agree i was getting ready to say the same thing i'm sure that's what lynn said to him is that we're going to give you more substantial plot and dialogue yeah 
I mean, he's so great as that character. He's and, and plus he's one of my he is my favorite from the original. You know, Kirk and Spock. I fucking have always Bones has always cracked me up. I always love every fucking line he's the Fox had. TV show. No, no, <laughs> no. Oh, oh, McCoy, McCoy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. I I, I love my procedural vote, procedural crime drama Bones too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the villain, uh, but. I, I thought that could have been done a little better too. Um, I did enjoy him, but I thought there, that could have been a little bit more fleshed out for me. And I felt that his kind of ending and his kind of setup was rushed. Mm. That's what it felt like to me. So that's why it goes from a Tupperware to a high taste. But I enjoyed it. I really did. All right, Tupperware and a high taste. It, Jake. I'm going to give it a solid taste. It. Um, I I thought the action cinematography was not that great. I gotta say, mm-hmm. there was a lot of times where I really couldn't even follow some of the action going on. It mm-hmm. was very confusing cinematography. Um, it was a solid movie. It was better than Into Darkness. Um, I really didn't much care for some of the pairings they did with the characters. I would have rather have seen more Kirk and Spock together. Okay. Yes. And I felt like there was such such a big plot around Kirk and Spock, like having stuff to say to each other. It was like bookended the movie. Well, I, we get the elevator scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, I loved it too. And it's like, give me a whole movie of the elevator scene. Right. And that's what they could have done. Yeah, I felt like a little bit robbed. Like like you said, Brian, we only get one of these movies every three to four years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to see Kirk and Spock together. To me, that's a, a lot of the draw of these movies. Yeah. And I just felt like we were robbed of that. It was like two hours and we barely got to see any of that. That's why I wanted it to slow down, too. I, I think I feel the same way, you know, about not emphasizing certain characters. They did give some a lot of screen time that they hadn't before, but... I mean, not that I didn't enjoy, enjoy Chekhov, but I don't need a Kirk Chekhov movie for two hours. Right. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. And, um, yeah, I thought this was better than Into Darkness, but still nowhere near the greatness of the first movie in the re- reboot. Yeah. Just talking about it with you guys right now, I've changed my rating. Really? Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was going to give this movie a taste it. Mm-hmm. It has now gone down to a low taste Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. Um... I still liked this movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but a lot of the things that you're saying right now, Jake, are huge problems for me. Yeah, I, I love Star Trek, and this just does not feel like Star Trek to me. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it does not feel. This is not the movie that I would have wanted going in. Mm-hmm. If this was like, if if somebody said, "Oh, okay, you're going to watch." Uh, this movie called Jupiter Ascending, and they show me this movie, mm-hmm. and they're all new characters. Then I would have been like, "Wow, this is a solid movie." I, I, I agree. I Great. give this a high tasted. Right. I really enjoyed this film. But if you're gonna call this movie Star Trek, and then show me what we got, I got to give it a low tasted. And I liked a lot about this movie. I just don't like it as a Star Trek movie. Um, I'm not saying the performances were bad. Um, I'm Maybe, maybe Idris Elba. And I think it's because of what they gave him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that character was, in my opinion, could have been fleshed out a lot more. Had some cool lines. I'll give him that much. Had some cool lines. I really like the line of, like, uh, your weakness is not in your unity. Mm-hmm. That is your weakness, you know. Uh, your, your strength does not come from your unity. That's your weakness. Some, I'm paraphrasing. But he says something. And I like that line. Yeah, it was a good line. And I was thinking to myself, this could be a great villain. And it really wasn't. 
it's not on the level of like Malekith and Thor: The Dark World. No, <laughs> he's better than that, but still not great. And I felt like um, you've got you've got uh, we're gonna let's just jump into it. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got Kirk, uh, and yeah, this is this is gonna be spoiler heavy. So let me play the spoiler warning for mm-hmm. you. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. You've got Captain Kirk who just seems like bored with what he's doing. Yeah. His whole role and everything. He's nothing excites him anymore. And then you've got this whole other side story of like Spock and Spock is like He's wor- you know, he, him and Uhura have broken up because he is thinking about uh, the Vulcan society and rebuilding and and uh, you know repopulating with Vul- with another Vulcan, and that story is like touched upon, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of tossed out the window and wrapped up really quickly at the end. Yeah, it was ridiculous how quickly that was wrapped up, and I felt like you're missing a whole lot. Right there. And I was like really intrigued with that because they set it up real early. I agree. With the elevator scene and everything and him seeing the memo from the other Vulcans. Yeah. 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 And it's like Captain Kirk, it's like I I just didn't understand like why he's so kind of like down on everything. He gets – I mean they are 966 days into their, you know – five-year mission, mm-hmm. which, that's an Easter egg, 966, and the show premiered in 1966. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That was a confirmed Easter egg from Justin Lin. But, like, aren't you just kind of like, I mean, you go to Yorktown, mm-hmm. and aren't you just kind of, like, amazed? Like, w- are, just seeing new species and all this new technology and all this stuff, like, is that just not enough for you? Like, you have to have, like, you have to be in the center of the action all the time. There's <laughs> right. really, and, and honestly, there's no difference between him and Crawl, yeah, the villain, when it comes to that. Wasn't that his first time going to the to Yorktown? I believe so. Okay. I mean, can't you just be like, oh my gosh, wow, look at this society. Look at what they've done. Mm-hmm. Look at all these, inter- these species intermingling. And be kind of, but he's just kind of like, oh man, you know, I don't know. I'm a, should I take this promotion? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, and like between him and Crawl, there's kind of the same character. They just want the action and the fighting, yeah. right? And it's like, I don't, I don't want to have to compare these two guys. Mm-hmm. And like that's, and they, and the whole resolution of the movie is not Kirk finding a better way to stop this guy. It's just him beating the shit out of him. Right. <laughs> that is right. Yeah. There's no difference between him and Crawl. <laughs> yeah. There's no difference. And I have a huge problem with that when it comes to Star Trek. If I want to see this kind of a movie, I will go to the theater this year in December and watch Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Or I'll watch episode eight. This is not Star Trek to me. It kind of felt like they were trying to replicate that, too, to me. Well, that's what J.J. did. J.J. When J.J. took over Star Trek, he's like, well, I'm not going to be able to do a Star Wars movie because this was before the Disney Lucasfilm acquisition. Right. He's like, I can't do a Star Wars movie. Love Star Wars. Would love to do a Star Wars movie, possibly. I'll just turn Star Trek into Star Wars and see what happens. Yeah. And that's what he did. It worked the first time. And it worked the first time. But I d- somebody else get jump in here. I, I feel like I'm being too negative, and but, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I this was a taste it for me leaving the theater, but just like talking to like hearing Jake talk about it. Yeah, I'm not. 
there's some things that just like just did not scream Star Trek to me. Can I shit on Zachary Quinto for a minute too? I, I find him to be way out of his league in all three of these movies. I mean, even as much as I love the first movie, I, I just feel like he is a television actor working with a bunch of theatrical actors. Yeah. And I yeah. feel it every time. In the scene in this movie when he's got the thing in his fucking gut and everything, like his performance is so shitty. Like, oh, I like that part. Oh, Me too. man. I did. Like, I, I know he's supposed to be a Vulcan and not have emotion. I think but this like, is the worst. Like half and half. Yeah. I but, think this was the worst of the three performances that we've seen him as this character. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I don't know if I can go as far as to say what you're saying, Jake, but I think for me, it was just the fact that we did see the, you know, the fate in the films mm-hmm. of Ambassador Spock, and it just made me miss Leonard Nimoy that much yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, he did. Nimoy just rode that line between like holding emotions and letting them out so much better. Like yeah. everything seems so stilted and right. TV from Zachary Quinto. You're right. You're right. Now, now that I'm thinking about Nimoy, his performances, and then trying to like say, oh, can they? Can he pass the torch to Quinto? Yeah. No, sir. Yeah. No. It's- <laughs> I, I do not care. You can't. I do not care. Zachary Quinto was fine as fucking Skyler on Heroes. Yeah. And that that's about the end of his career for me. Like yeah. he's I do not like him as Spock. I, Does it sound like he's just his comments you think he's just trying to get more money out of this? I think so too. I don't know. I feel like he's a little bit of a bitter Betty too, that he hasn't gotten much in the way of career offers thrown to him besides this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the only reason he got this is based on aesthetics. And the way that he looks, mm-hmm. like he looks like a young Leonard Nimoy, right? And that's why he got the role. Like, right. If they could have got a better actor that looked like Leonard Nimoy, they would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I agree. Meh. I, I still, I still, <laughs> I enjoy him in this one because of McCoy. I think, I think you're right on, on a lot of aspects, and I, I think those are super hard shoes to fill. I don't, I don't see any actor really pulling off what Nimoy did. And you're right, like Nemo, Nimoy perfectly walk that line and you never thought about him not being a Vulcan. Yeah. Um, and of course they, they did show like his human side at times and it was really impactful because he was so Vulcan all the time. This one, he was more human at, in a lot of instances, just having that relationship with, with, a, with Uhura really drove that home. Um, and, and I guess too, you know, I, I'm going to agree with Brian on the, I, I wish that having ambassador Spock die was more impactful and again, that takes it down from a Tupperware to a high taste for me as well because they introduced it and I thought they did a good job with that. And then it's like I don't, I don't care at the end at all. And you're right. If if they had more Kirk and Spock interaction, that would have made a, a better story for mm-hmm. those two because Kirk's story was kind of on the back burner. Yeah. I, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with with like Jake. You said that too. Like the whole you know Kirk and Spock hanging out and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, I just feel like we wouldn't have got such. We got some good Anton Yelkin stuff in there with Kirk. We did. We yes. did. You've got. You've got. We can. We can. You can totally tell that we've got a more mature Captain Kirk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way more mature Captain Kirk than we've seen in the previous two movies. Yeah. Absolutely. More restrained. A little bit. A little bit. A little smarter. Wise. More of a commander. <clears throat> more of a commander. Yeah. And even when he's like walking the deck, I mean, he. He. That is his ship. Mm-hmm. When the ship's going down for. Probably the thirtieth time we've seen on screen. <laughs> the, the, it's, honestly, the Enterprise goes down more than Helicarrier. <laughs> I knew that yeah. was coming. <laughs> so we're, we're watching it go down, and he and he's going down with the ship. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like as much as I thought it was stupid that the ship went down again. Yeah. They Justin Lin filmed that 
so well. Mm-hmm. You get disoriented watching the ship twist and turn as people are trying to hold on and trying to find out, like, where should I stand so I don't get flipped over? Yeah, run yeah. away. Like, what he would do is he'd get a shot of the outside of the ship turning and mm-hmm. then go to the inside of the ship and you'd watch it turn with what's happening on the inside of the ship. Yeah. And I think he did that well. I agree with that. The <laughs> interior shots of the wreckage were amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of the exteriors were kind of flawed, though. I thought the exterior shots, not from, like, a visual level. Uh-huh. I just thought from, like, the way that he worked it in. To the interior scenes, yes, to show you the way it's tipping and the way it's turning, it, it worked. It was seamless. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I see the ship on the outside tipping this way. They go to the inside, you watch it. Yeah, and then he'll come back out again. And I thought that that whole sequence was really cool. The way he set it up. Yeah, um, I thought Yorktown looked great. I was going. On, I was going to talk about something else completely. <laughs> so right. Anton Yelkin. Anton yeah. Yelkin. Um, just the way his interactions with Kirk were, he was like in wonder and in awe of like this planet. Like he's he's always on the ship. Yes, right, yes. right. And here he is finally in the field. Do and he's with the captain. Yeah. And here's you know he's meeting new aliens. And I felt like Anton Yelkin was fantastic in this. And we wouldn't have got those scenes with him and Kirk if it would have been him and Spock. But right. on the flip side, I think you sacrificed a better movie by not having it be Kirk and Spock. Yeah, you I, could you could have paired Chekhov up with Bones, I think, and got a lot of really good stuff. Or Scotty. Yeah. I thought it was really nice to see the, the Bones-Spock interaction because you got that out of the original cast. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, I think part of the reason why they stayed away from Kirk and Spock is you had a lot of Kirk and Spock fighting in the first one, and then with the second one being a rehash of Wrath of Khan and a big deal about their relationship, I thought it was kind of nice to give those two a break for a bit. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a break for like four years. Yeah, if we even get another one. Exactly. Well, I mean, they're just they're just movies. I it, I didn't find a problem with that. I thought it was neat to have all the different pairings yeah. for a change. If it's yeah, a TV show, it's, I'm it's, cool with it's it. So forget- <laughs> it's so forgettable. It's so forgettable. It's so forgettable because in a in in, in, a, in six months. I, I can sit here with you, Frank, and I can say, dude, talk to me about those awesome Bones Spock moments. <laughs> no, talk to me about those awesome moments. And you're going to be like, uh, uh, I don't, it was six months ago, Brian. I don't, I don't remember because it's forgettable. But the moments, the interactions between Kirk and Spock are always memorable. And six months from now, if you ask me about the moments between Kirk and Spock in this film, I'll tell you about the elevator scene. Right. I'll tell you about the elevator right. scene in six months. But like, quoting Bones and quoting Spock as, as as Spock is bleeding out green blood on that planet <laughs> and their interactions and well, no, I'm, I'm not trying to say that that was like the Tupperware moment of the film for I'm me, saying that you're basically trash. sacrificing forgettable moments for memorable moments between two iconic characters and I'm not saying Bones is not iconic because Jay loves Bones yeah. Yeah. But, but on the flip side for me it's like 
the memorable moments for from the first film are all the moments with uh, Spock and Kirk going at each other. See, I think the pairing worked for the story because with Spock being injured, that was part of the reason why Bones had to go in the ship at the end, and he fucking I, hates all that shit. Sure, and I, I blame the screenwriters. Mm, yeah. I don't blame them. I, I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, agree. I blame the screenwriters. I agree with Brian. It's like if, if they came back and did Wayne's World 3, but then only had Wayne and Garth together at the beginning and the end of the movie. Or if they did Arrested Development Season yeah. 4, yeah. and none of the characters were in the same scenes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, or they do another Jump Street movie, and we don't have Tatum and, you know... Uh, right. I forget. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Yeah, they're not in and screen together at all. Like, but it's see, it's like, still an ensemble piece. It's not just about the two of them. It's them as a crew, and they still, even though they no, worked no, together, they, they, they were still working they together. They did exactly what you said. I'm just trying to say... In six months, talk to me about those awesome moments between Spock and Bones. Right. Yeah, I know you guys aren't saying that those scenes weren't good scenes that they did have with, with McCoy Agreed. and, Bones, and, and saying, all the other characters, yeah. but you wish that they had more. I'm just yeah. saying that the screenwriters sacrificed possibly better moments and yeah. better stuff between those two characters. I think that reason that we didn't maybe call out... Uh, Quinto for some of his faults as Spock in the first film mm-hmm. was probably because he hit Pine makes him look better. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So true. True. I was disappointed. I gotta tell you that I expected much more in the way of action from Justin Lin. I know Jay, you kind of said you thought there was too much action, but I I didn't think there was enough. Like I was full on ready to jump feet first into a Justin Lin Star Trek movie and expected like massive action set pieces. Yeah. And I really didn't feel like I got that. We got like the whole like fucking hive scene yeah. with them destroying the ship, which was an interesting way to do it. I, I thought it was I thought Justin Lin had a very interesting way to destroy the ship. I mean, you look at the Enterprise and basically he just like cut it at the base yeah first it destroyed the warp cells yeah. mm-hmm. warp cells are gone and then he's like oh okay let's cut the fucking neck off this turkey yeah, yeah. and it came back and did that and i thought that those ships i thought the ship aesthetically the the, the mini ships of crawl's army his fleet looked amazing yeah. Yeah. Cool. like a little flying thorn taking yeah. the escape pods and the way that they invaded did you the notice ship? that simon Pegg's escape pod was one of the exact same pods that uh Khan had used in the no. previous oh, film. No, I yeah. didn't know huh. that. no, uh-uh. I did not like the way it looked when the escape pods were were getting hit by the enemy ships. I thought that was really like jolted and rushed. And oh, stuff I thought like that, that was cool. I thought it was cool. Like, yeah. I don't know. A lot of times, I just couldn't even follow the action. It was just like no way out. I, I like that. Yeah, I, was I, no yeah. Way out. And I felt the tension when that was going on too. It's like oh shit! Like they can't get away. There's nothing they can do. And the reason why they got outfought is because they got outfought by another Starfleet captain. Yeah, yeah, with technology, yeah, that they didn't even know about at that time. I thought the most Justin Lin shot of a whole movie was like a shot that we saw in the trailer where it's uh, not Bones, but Scotty falling and running off that ship before it falls off the cliff. And, oh, like, that worked so much better in the actual movie yeah, yeah, than yeah. it did in the fucking Sabotage trailer. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And I thought it, like, it was it was great in the movie. I expected more, like, high, tense action moments like that. Like, to me, that was, like, the most Justin Lin shot in the whole movie. I did like how they set up... I thought Jayla was a better fleshed-out character than Crawl. Yeah, I I agree. I like Jayla. I I love Jayla. And I feel like that's part of the downfall of the movie, that they didn't flesh out Crawl as much as they did Jayla. I agree. You get an actor like Idris Elba in there, give him more to do. Agreed. And it's as simple as having other people in the Enterprise know who this guy was before he became this other guy. Right. 
yeah. like have some back history between him and Kirk and Spock or, yeah. or Bones or Scotty or someone. Yeah. Like have an oh shit moment. It's this guy that I served under before I served under you or something. Fantastic. You know? See, yeah, we're going back to the problem being the screenwriters here. Yeah. And you know what? I am I am going to give Simon Pegg a little bit of praise. I think there was some restraint on his part. Agreed. Not having as much comedy as I thought there was going to be. I, I yeah, yeah there sure. was a lot. I mean, it was balanced. What was there? At first, at the very beginning, I was a little concerned when you had those little creatures that Kirk went to go meet with with that with the weapon. item or whatever. Oh, that was such a Simon yeah. Peggy moment. And yeah. then, then when he was walking through the ship, uh, like, was there an issue down there? He said it was a small problem. I'm like, I thought oh, it was going to be a problem too. But I, like looking back on it as the, the, the entire film, I just thought it was a good icebreaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the the, the uh, trailers had me worried, and with that happening within the first five minutes, I was like, uh-oh. But it was fine. It was great. I, I thought the comedy beats were, were there and appropriate. There was more payoff with Jayla's character than there was with Kirk, Spock, or Crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Jayla's character, I loved how they set up the technology where she had, like, the that technology that would create, like, the three or four. That was cool. That was super cool. Up. And then we got – then it pays off in the end – when we get that, I thought it was awesome. The motorcycle scene, yeah, that I, I liked cool. that too. It yeah. reminded me of uh, Chris Pine on the motorcycle. It reminded me of Steve McQueen in The Great Escape. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I never thought I would see this in a Star Trek movie. <laughs> and if you told me I would see it in a Star Trek movie, I'd say it was going to be stupid. Yeah, and it was awesome. Right, it, it was, was great. Awesome. Some of the some of the best action that also saves this movie for me. That that whole scene I thought was just awesome. That that action sequence. I like Jayla a lot. I hope I'll be disappointed if we get a Star Trek four and she's not in a Starfleet she's uniform in Starfleet. on the ship. Yeah, I know they, they mm-hmm. put her on at the end, but yeah. if they don't follow through, like yeah. I could see them easily being stupid and we just never see her again. Oh, they'd be crazy. I think if I, she is not part of the crew. Yeah, it'd be great to pair her up with uh Simon Pegg again. Show show the, show her graduating from Starfleet, mm-hmm. and then Captain Kirk immediately requesting that she be on the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought she was going to request something else. <laughs> <laughs> not digging her. There, there's something about there's something about the the receding hairline. Yeah, but you're not Kirk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you two will bone anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Jayla was a classic, like, great introduction to a new, like, but felt like a classic Star Trek character. Didn't feel out of place at all. Um, I felt Crawl was good at the very beginning. I enjoyed him at the beginning, and I just, yes. I, I did enjoy yes, some me of his too. lines. I, you know, I kept, and that's one thing, I go into these movies, and I keep thinking to myself, man, you got Idris Elba in this. Yeah. They're going to do something. They're going to do something. They're going to give this guy his moments. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they only gave him about 50% of what they could have done with that character. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of a waste of Idris Elba. Yeah. And, and my, my, other, my other problem with it, again, why this wasn't a Tupperware and why I said I wanted to slow down, I, I'm, I did not really want that... I didn't want really a main villain threat in this. You know what I mean? I, I wanted something else. And I got another main villain threat, and it feels very predictable. So even if even if they had given him some more, I don't know if I necessarily would have liked that, because I think it does take away from 
what they could have done with the rest of the characters. I think that's a very great point, Jay. It's 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 a Star Trek movie. You don't need to have that kind of character. Right. You can have the problem be a problem with the exploration and yeah. have it be a mystery and a, a story of discovery right. rather than it's a protagonist and an antagonist type of thing. Yeah, I wanted I wanted more casual events between the characters rather than oh god, it's a threat. Oh fuck, we're fucked. You know, I, I slow it down a little bit. Slow it down a little bit and don't have this main protagonist cuz even even at the end yeah, there is no payoff because it's like because you realize, man, that took away from a lot of what the story could have been. Did did Uhura do much of anything in this film? And that's yeah, uh, she separated the saucer at the very beginning, separating Kirk and the weapon from well, what we thought was the weapon mm-hmm. from Kroll and her and the rest of the ship. Uh, she pretty well helped to try to drive exposition for the character, but he didn't really give up much until they found his logs later on. Um, and why he didn't kill her right away? Yeah, I was yeah. always wondering she was, that. She was kind of like when he, when she was captured, she was the one kind of like instead of uh, Kirk talking to him, she right. was the one kind of talking to him. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought the funniest moment in kind the of movie. Forget, that's why I'm saying the movie's kind of forgettable for me. Is oh, like I I'm agree. asking these things. And and her, I saw it, I saw it Thursday at the when opening night, uh-huh. and I was like, when I left the theater, I was like, I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Yeah, I'm having fun. No, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it no, didn't. no, I give it a low taste, it, but there's a lot of things I liked about this movie yeah. too. For yeah. me, it didn't really. What were you hit. saying, Jay? Uh, I was just saying that I think uh, I think her and Spock's relationship too. Yeah, it didn't really have any impact for me. You know, like because he's a Vulcan, like why even bother with that situation? You know, try and have a relationship. No, I forgot. No, uh, this movie did such a poor job of their relationship. Yeah, I forgot. Like, like why they even got involved together? Why, why they're even together in the first place? Right. I, I had to. I had to think about like, okay, oh, they are together. Well, I knew they were together, but it's just like this movie washes away <laughs> any like scene of any touching scene they may have had in a previous. And, it, and, and you can talk to me about the necklace all day. Right. The tracking device thing was great. That's what I was going to say was the it. funniest part of the movie. It was Bones <laughs> yeah. talking about the tracking device. He really pops yeah. his eyebrow up. He's like, hmm. I think yeah, you make a great good. point about the Ahura-Spock relationship, though. Like, it, it's another screenplay issue. Like, it would have been much more powerful to see them have something splinter their relationship on camera. Right. Rather than we're starting the movie and it's just exposition, exposition with it, Bones saying, oh, why'd you break up. Mm-hmm. It was so like, quick. It's yeah. like, you know they're together, and then bam, we're not together anymore. Right, but they did explain that later when he gave it up as far as like his reasoning behind with Vulcan being Well, yeah, but you can yeah, explain but, yeah, but there's no once drama again, there. Once again, we're going back to the problem with the, with the screenplay. But when he faced his own mortality, he kind of pushed that other political bullshit aside. No, Jake's saying that it would be more impactful to watch something actually happen them break up on screen. Yeah, what you're talking about is exposition that happened off camera right. in between movies. Right. And so it has no impact to me. The whole Spock thinking he's going to die thing? No, no. The whole, they're having problems at the beginning of the movie. The first time we're finding out that these that this couple is having a problem is in the movie. They're already broke up before the movie even begins. Well, right, and they're stuck on a ship and they can't get away from one another, but I thought that was explained by him saying that... Everything's explained. It's explained. Everything is explained. You are 100% right. We are (laughs) not arguing that, Frank. You just wanted to see it on screen. We wanted to see their problem, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a problem with, like, the Vulcan race or anything. Yeah. Something. Some sort of conflict that breaks them up But do you think he would screen. have actually told her that? Do you think he would have actually told her? She could have broke it up. Yeah. However it happened. Let's the, see it happen. All they did with those two was 
glance at it. They just kept fucking looking at each other. That was the whole setup between, oh, something's wrong. They didn't explain it necessarily, and then Spock's just all of a sudden, oh, I see that Ambassador Spock's dead. Okay, we got to break up because I need, I, I need to breed more Vulcans. That that kind of thing, yeah. That their whole relationship, I thought, was very unnecessary, and they they, they shouldn't. I don't think they or explain that. or explain something to where it's like you know uh, maybe he maybe maybe if you were to talk to Ambassador Spock, it would have maybe it would have helped him. Maybe you know what I mean? Right. He needs, and now he can't talk to him. Yeah. You know something. You know what I mean? Because like I honestly think like if he would have talked to Ambassador Spock about the problems he was having with Ahura. He would have been right back with Uhura. Right, and he's also, as as a Vulcan, he should be flat out with her. He's not explaining anything that's going on with him. Well, the same point. thing with the elevator scene, but it worked well. And that did work fine because that's in their character. You've got, yeah, you've got like two two macho guys yes. yeah. that aren't wanting to But they all themselves. they respect each other so much that yeah. they're like, I'll give you space. I think you need space. Do you right. need space? <laughs> and, and that was good. Yeah, that yeah. played really well. Yeah. Yeah, it was just all backstory, I and mean, we saw none of it happen on camera. Like, right. It would have been just more impactful to see the breakup happen on screen. Yeah. Well, you know, we're already in the th- we're already 966 days into the three-year mission, so, right. yeah. so they've got to explain, like, some of the stuff that's happened in the meantime. You see, all this stuff would be better suited for, like, a TV show because it was two hours runtime as it was, and if you would have saw all these things happen on screen, you're looking at three-plus hours. I disagree with that. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on. If this was a TV show, then I would be fine with the Spock and Bones moments because I know the next week I'm going to get the Spock and Kirk moments. But if it's a fucking movie, I want Spock and Kirk moments, goddammit. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. Go ahead, but yeah, I don't think it would make the movie three and a half hours to see all these moments. You just have these moments instead of the moments we had. Thank you. It's, it's, called, it's called a different screenplay. Yeah. Right. It's called writing, a, writing the story differently. Because I, the way they wrote this one, I feel like, yes, all the characters are there. We've got all the cast. But everything's forgettable. Yeah, the movie could be 30 minutes shorter and fix all these problems. Like, it has nothing to do with making the movie three and a half hours. Right. I just took it all as, like, one gigantic thing. Everybody's had their own little issue throughout the past couple of years. Like, Spock's got this going on with Uhura and Captain Kirk's bored and lackadaisical about the day-to-day grind of it all and everything. It's just all these little pieces came together and, and they had this gigantic fucking issue to deal with in the meantime. I just want to see all up. I want to see the Spock Uhura stuff come to a head in this movie, not already have come to a head. Right. Honestly, I don't even really care that much about it to see it. I mean, then, it's there, then but let's not see it at all. I mean, you're the one who Tupperware did. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, so I, I didn't hate don't anything even that care I saw. About it. Yeah, I didn't hate anything I saw. I thought it was great. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I, I really do see your guys' point on that and, like, thinking back while you guys are talking about this and how everything has always centered around uh, Kirk and Spock. It is disappointing that, that that is not the focal point. I understand what they're trying to do by fleshing out the other characters mm-hmm. in this, and I did appreciate it, but it, there is something missing in that, and, and it should always be the focal point, you know? It yeah. should. It's just like, I don't know, it's just like anything else. If you're going to do that every movie and then just not do it... Star Trek Four is not even greenlit yet, so that we may have missed our chance. Yeah. Like it, it's just that's what, true. What the Financially, fuck? how is this doing? I know that reviews have been generally favorable, but how is? I know that my theater wasn't all that packed it, at ten o'clock uh, on Thursday. It did not do the numbers that in uh, Into Darkness did, um, and Into Darkness, I, I think I think that kind of burnt people. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. It also helped living in a pre-Star Wars world. True. Where to get this kind of science fiction outlet, mm-hmm. this was pretty much the only place you could go. Right. Yeah. I do think, though, uh, 
And I, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I do. I will say that this is probably the second best action movie I've seen this summer. I would agree. Right yeah. behind Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, agree. I even even agree at a low that. taste, it. I had a fun with. I had a lot of fun with the action. I know you say you're kind of <laughs> let down by it, but yeah, I agree. I, I wanted less. I wanted to slow down. I didn't need action, 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 action. I but loved the hype scene. I did too. I, I liked the hype scene. I, I loved, uh, even though I loved that, like you said, Frank, the the CG in this. It was great. It's my favorite part. Yorktown looked amazing. It did. Yeah. My favorite part was when they were at warp, and you could see the fucking flow around the ship, that like they cool. were cutting through space, like they were cutting that through water. Dope. Yeah, that's that was like awesome. Screensaver all day, right? And, yeah. yeah. And then the fucking beauty. Shot no, was I know. Awesome. The cinematography was great. Like every fucking shot they did of the ship mm-hmm. was different and cool. Right, even to the solid. Uh, shot that they had of them taken out of Yorktown, where it was like a still frame of the ship, and you could see everything buzzing by past it. Yeah. You what about the front? Uh, what about the scene in Yorktown where they turned the Starship Enterprise into a fly swatter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I I, I I liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought visually it was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was very inventive how Justin Lin did everything in that scene. Yeah. And Using just, the disc. Just visually, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Because they even they even pointed it out like how are we going to catch three of these things? Yeah. At the same time. Right? <laughs> and I was just like, oh wow, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the actual use of sabotage? In the movie, I rolled my eyes. Really, yeah, I rolled my eyes too. I <laughs> thought it was fucking great because I the science that scene didn't it. make any sense, kind of like because it was it didn't, it didn't resolve the conflict of the space fight at all. Like as soon as the sabotage song was over, it didn't seem like they were in any any different predicament than they were in before. I thought it they started. Well, that gonna, wasn't the main. If you're going to use a song, use the public enemy fight the power, right? Yeah. Like that, like Jayla had been listening to earlier. Yeah, and, and I, I would say too, like it it did not like I was not looking for okay, how do we blow up these ships? I was looking for how the fuck can they just ram through other ships and not get damaged. But I, they can be shot and be blown up. I it thought was, the whole point was playing the music so they couldn't communicate with each other, so you would see disarray among the ships flying. But they just but I saw none of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, I didn't understand the explosions, but I kind of went with it. But yeah, they explained it through the science. But yeah, you were saying that they they were supposed to create like confusion and disarray in the hive thing. That's exactly what they said. They I can doing. honestly, yeah. I can forgive the whole sabotage scene. Yeah, I, I don't think I, that didn't that did not affect my rating for this film. Me neither. I mean, they wanted to tie it into the first movie I, yeah i had more problems with like the characters and and this feeling more of like an action star wars movie than feeling like star trek yeah i did want to address one thing with you though brian you mentioned earlier that at the end that you thought that uh, his resolution was just to punch him to death mm-hmm. uh at, at the end he did went to after he read the logs he did try to reach out to him he did try to reason with him and for a moment there there was a look on kroll's face where like i felt like he could go either way and then he went ahead and said fuck it i'm gonna go ahead and do what i was gonna do mm. but I, I mean yeah it didn't work but at least kirk tried yeah. you, you want okay. I, I think for me i uh i wanted the epicness more in the characters i think you guys did too the epic epicness more in the characters not so much in the wave of you know bees as they call them yeah. at the end i wanted more of epicness in the characters and if you're going to do stuff like spock and uhura's relationship that should be a uh, that should be more there should be more there there should be more with spock there should be more with i feel Spurs. this is i feel this is uh I, if gene roddenberry was still alive and a producer on this thing th- this movie would not be made a hundred percent agree right. yeah I, I begrudgingly have to agree with that because he wouldn't have been down with all that action mm-hmm. this 
this is the current climate of movies today. This is reaction to Star Wars. This is reaction to the Avengers. Yeah. And this is what kind of a Star Trek movie we're getting now. Right. Where you've got these watered-down villains with a hive mentality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and the character moments just aren't as strong. And, and, and you know what? Honestly, even in, the, even in the Marvel movies, as much as I love Chris Evans and stuff like that, and I feel like they do – I feel Chris Evans embodies Steve Rogers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, for what's lacking in some of the Marvel movies that we don't like, I think what they do is they just give us beats from the comic books. Right. Insert this moment from the comic here. Insert this Easter egg here. Mm-hmm. And it kind of uh, satisfies us a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a Snickers or something. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's it like, really is. It's like I'm, I'm hungry right now. I eat a Snickers, but then in 10 more minutes, I want another Snickers. Yeah. And so they just give you another Easter egg. It's not like gratifying. Like I watch a movie like Ex Machina mm-hmm. and like that's a movie like you watch it and you can just sit on the fucking couch and just sit there and like think about it yeah yeah but like you watch a marvel movie sometimes and you get done and you leave the theater and it's just like as soon as it went in one it went in your mind it's out right yeah it's almost like you know what i mean like, i mean you're gonna get that with any action movie i think though. Not, not necessarily avengers i could not stop thinking about that movie yeah I could not, and and now that I look back on it, though, it has a lot of the same elements that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Whedon did it so well. Yeah, he, and it's like the first time you're was, seeing that. Yes, formula. it was so innovative, you mm-hmm. know. But like, you watch a movie like Ex Machina, uh, and some people are going to disagree with me because they didn't like Ex Machina. I, I feel the same way about Prometheus. Like, mm-hmm. I watched Prometheus and I just left thinking. Yes. I couldn't stop thinking about Prometheus. I want to leave a Star Trek movie and not be able to shut my brain off. Right. Because yeah. you've done that with. The the original series. You've done that with Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, Voyager. You've watched certain episodes. Doctor Who, I'm going to throw that out there yeah. as well. I mean, you yeah. watch those. Like, if they did a Doctor Who movie, Frank, and it was all two hours of just straight-up action, and fucking, oh. you've got, like, Doctor Who and his companion punching people. <laughs> I would just be like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, what the fuck is this? When did you turn my fucking Doctor Who into fucking, you know, uh, I got Doctor Who just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I mean, instead of fucking using the sonic screwdriver to open a door, he's fucking like jamming it in a fucking alien's fucking head. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going Like, what the fuck? And that's what this is. It feels like Captain Kirk is a fucking brawler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it needs to explore new planets, new aliens, new concepts, yeah. new sciences. I, th- I think that they, they, they tried that this time. A little more. <laughs> Agree. <Yeah>. Agree. <laughs> they tried it. And I'm not going to, I'm not, you know what? And I'm not saying this movie's a failure. This is, I would say, as far as Star Trek movies, this is not in the bottom half. No. no. This no is, I agree. This is, this is right on the cusp of being in the middle. Yeah. Yes. Of, you know what I mean? Better than Star Trek Five. Yes. Not as good as Star yeah. Trek Four. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, one thing I loved, one thing I will Tupperware in this movie is I absolutely loved the uh, Michael G- Giacano. Giacchino, Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. His, his score was fantastic Amazing. in this movie. Yeah. Amazing. Fantastic. He's like, great in everything. I love him. Well, he's uh, he's uh, he came from uh, uh, John Williams. Yes. Uh, he was uh, taught under John Williams. So. Yeah. I mean, everything he does is so unique. Like, it's if you take all of his stuff, and st- I think this is one thing he does better than John Williams. Like, John Williams, you, if you hear John Williams, you know it's John Williams. 
he is a chameleon. Like he can go to any genre mm-hmm. and just completely do something different. Right. Like from the stuff he's done with the Pixar movies to the stuff he did for this movie to like doing Lost, which Jurassic sounds World. nothing like this. Jurassic World. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is amazing. And in my opinion, the best modern film scorer we have right now. He's fantastic. And I want to see him be the one that takes over Star Wars when Williams does. You know, oh shit! Hang, agreed. When agreed. Williams does hang it up. So sure. and I think he's got a good chance of that. As good as good of buddies as he is with Abrams. I found out that uh, Crawl in this film is revealed to be a, a Mako soldier. Uh, he claims to have fought with the Zindi. Both were introduced in Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. Mm. So these are characters that already have a little bit of Star Trek history. Huh. From the show no one watched. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you guys think about the big reveal of Crawl? Uh, Being that he worked like for the military, basically, until they turned away from the military and yeah. made it about exploration. Right. I don't know. It, it was kind of silly. It made it, it such, 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 such a one note character, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, for, uh, I wanted to keep on fighting, not wait, wait, exploring. They, they, for they somebody that was all pissed off about Unity, he had a crew. Yeah, yeah. I know, but he lost him, and then no, no, no one came for him. No, he had like soldiers with him. Well, yeah, but the the whole Federation basically thought he was dead. I thought he killed his whole crew. I, I don't no, know. Well, no, the fuckers remember, attacking the ship and shit. Well, at the end, they, they, when they when they closed the case or whatever, the file, mm-hmm. they showed the pictures of not all of his crew, but a lot of the crew members, right. and they put like you know case closed or whatever right. mm-hmm. on the files. So I was just I was wondering, like, I didn't know his crew was that big. I mean, all those ships were each one of those ships manned by someone. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Remember, uh, because when Spock and Bones beamed into the one, they had to take the pilot out. That's true. We did see the pilot. So why was he so against Unity when he had his own fucking crew of motherfuckers? They weren't all his crew though, because a lot of them were people that were um, Jayla's people that he had converted into the people that were his pilots and shit. So too. were they like his slaves or basically? His... Okay, his dude, can we talk maybe? about fucking crab lady's fucking head? Dude, that was <laughs> fucked up. That's the perfect place to hide shit. <laughs> you put your weed in there. I was thinking the same thing. You put your weed in there. Very facehugger looking too. Yeah. But yeah, back back to crawl, that was a disappointment, I thought. I did not like that that was part of his character that he that he you know. He reminded me of Zod. Yeah. Yeah, I in can Man see of that. Steel, absolutely, and, and it worked in Man of Steel because that's how the cre- that's how the character was made genetically, right? And I just didn't feel like it worked here. How did he get? Did he just was he able to? How did how did he get his powers? Did he just suck them out of people? It's like vampire? Yeah, I believe so. Like okay. he siphoned them from other siphoned people, them. which yeah. you should you know that should have been clearly obvious, but yeah. they didn't really show too much of. of they him showed there. him uh, those people were like hung up upside down. That and was then, weird. And then like his like I guess I guess when you like suck people's powers, it makes your face bulge a lot. Here's yeah. the thing about That's weird. You saw that in Warcraft too. Yeah, I, like <laughs> it looks painful. But here's like, the thing: I wouldn't want. I'd be like, no, I don't want powers today. Just I don't want. Kill my, me. I don't want. My skull to move around. They don't. They don't. Do they really explain that? Like, no. why he's an alien all of a sudden and then he's a human? And then he reverts I, back. I, I think they do, but they didn't do it well because no. otherwise, well, Frank, you Tupperware the film. <laughs> well, how? Why did they do that? <laughs> yeah. I was coming. How did he change from human to weird, scaly alien to back to human? Just because I love something doesn't mean that I completely understand <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Good answer. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Definitive. <laughs> Camera time. 
<laughs> uh, we let Frank go first and hang himself up to Gerard Chapur in this thing. <laughs> I, I still don't back down from that because I've watched that fucking movie again. Another thing, and I did tear up at the end when they showed the picture of the original cast. That's because you're oh, not because that was such a, that no, was such no, no, a no, cheap no. moment. No, not because of not not because of the this film, not because of this cast and crew, but because I didn't expect to see that. And that's I what makes it cheap. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that I watched no, one of those movies. They're like, hey, remember when these movies were good? Yeah. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess for me, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We've we've had so many we've had so many like great actors and stuff pass away lately. Yeah. In uh, this is the first Star Trek movie since Leonard Nimoy passed away and Anton Yelchin passed away, and I looked at that and I'm like, okay, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. It made me sad. <laughs> Play it again. Fuck you all for my misery. Oh. It made me sad. <laughs> that needs to be a sound bite. I'm gonna start calling it. I'm gonna start calling it. I'm gonna start calling it yammer time. <laughs> sad time. I think Frank just thinks like if he keeps talking, the more words that come out of his mouth, it'll start to make sense. Like like he'll just break us down with like bullshit. Oh no, know? I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to convince you. <laughs> You know what else was weird is the media made such a big hullabaloo this week about uh, Sulu, Sulu being homosexual. And, like, I, was that in the movie? It yeah. was yeah. for like two seconds. Yeah. Oh, I must and have blamed. Not one you know, word was said about it. They uh, they showed like uh, him on the ship, and they showed a picture of his daughter. Yeah. And then when he gets off, and they're in Yorktown, well, yeah. his daughter and his husband are in Yorktown. Okay. And so they get off together. Not literally. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I think that would have been great. I mean, honestly, if you're going to prove that he's gay, have them get off on the screen. Yeah, like, I mean, they I... didn't even kiss! No. I blinked and missed it. I just thought he was he a had, friend. He, I thought it was the babysitter. I didn't know it was his lover. It was. It was... No, they, he's been gone for three years. Yeah. He hasn't been able... Who's... Okay, who's top and who's bottom? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, is, is John... Is, I, Sulu's got to fucking drive. Yeah, Sulu, Sulu's top. He's, top. <laughs> he's the pilot. Uh, you don't know that, though. He, he flies stick. No, he might... He he might still be in control. He might be bent over and say warp speed. Oh, he likes to give up control because normally he's in control. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and no, we're not homophobes, so no, fuck no, off. No. It's just a joke. You know, um, the thing is, like, I, uh, with the whole Zulu thing, I think that it would have been better. He's been gone for three years. There should have been a scene of him kissing yeah. the other guy. It had zero impact. Because it's like, they, he puts his arm around him, and it's yeah, like, right? dude, you haven't seen this guy in three years. Sulu, you need no. You need you, uh, you need to beam your dick up into that. <laughs> I thought he was just hugging the babysitter for watching the kid for three years. I didn't that's, even. I thought for certain that uh, we that's would, why it yeah. was a bad scene. Yeah. Like no, if the, if it would have been like next thing you know, fucking Zulu's got like you know like uh, two feet of tongue in this guy's mouth. <laughs> right. Then we would have known. It, it was a whole bunch of throwaway commentary beforehand because it ended up being nothing on film. I thought we were going to see them like embracing shit and they. Like, he said that's what they should have yeah, done. That's yeah. what they should, should have done. Sure. Launching photon torpedoes. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, God, that was great. Torpedoes, fire! All right, instead of calling it Yorktown, we're going to call it Port Town. <laughs> and that would have been a great joke. <laughs> Welcome to Port Town. <laughs> 
Bobby Trigger, Bobby Gall at this. Uh, trust me, Scotty. I can push this as far as you want me to take. <laughs> She's yes. going to blow, Captain. <laughs> Eventually, it'll blow. Trust me. <laughs> Oh. Oh, she's got you're not doing the good back there if I need to smoke now <laughs> oh, alright it, it made me so sad. fucking bit hammer time <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked had a uh, had a uh, score of 85% for this one this is when I checked it yesterday so hmm. 85% it is guaranteed fresh I did like the fact uh, at the end, uh, Kirk's birthday party, they toast to absent friends, and then they get a shot of Anton Yelkin in there. And I yeah. think they also it was also a nod to uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a quick re-edit due yeah. to circumstances. They uh, at the end of the movie, there's uh, a dedication that reads in loving memory of ne- Leonard Nimoy, followed by for Anton. And I thought that was very tasteful. And, yeah, I did too. And uh, so and they have said they're not recasting. They right. are not. They are not. Yeah, they okay. have said that. I've read that too. Well, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, they'll they'll explain him away then if they do make a fourth film. Yeah, yeah, that's their way of doing it. Nothing happens on screen. <laughs> oh, don't do that, right, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna be talking uh, Stranger Things, uh, the eight episode uh, series from Netflix. Nice. So we'll be right back with Stranger Things. Welcome back to the second part of episode 148, part one. Is that, is that not confusing? 141, part one B. Or 48. I'm doing my fucking taxes. All right, let's see here. You're going to end up in prison next year, Frank, for tax evasion. So I'm calling it now. Um, we have some guests with us today, uh, a regular on the show, back again, Mr. Jacob Harmon. Hey guys, great to be back as always. Where's your Where's your fucking bumper at? <laughs> where's your, Where's your bumper? Do I have it around here? So I don't know if I have it. Oh. <laughs> go go Power Rangers! Jacob Harmon's got his sword all up in this bitch. It's morphin time, you sentient bearded son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, Harmon, welcome back to the show, man. How you been? I've been doing pretty well, man. You know, living the American dream. I saw your Squirrel Girl tattoo, man. Talk to me. Oh, man. I'm, you know, when I was thinking about getting a superhero tattoo, I had to look You were at like, what's the heroes? dumbest fucking thing? <laughs> what's the scared? dumbest fucking thing I can put on my fucking body? Permanently. What's the stupidest thing I can put on my fucking body? I was like, man, who's defeated Doctor Doom and Thanos 
and Galactus by themselves. Who's not getting laid for the next ten fucking years until they can uh, they can afford electrolysis to get the fucking shit taken off their body? He's got his own fat material right there, man. <laughs> the tattoo's awesome. Congra- no, no. Congrats on that. You no, you doctor doomed your love life, chief. <laughs> She sees that, man. You're fucking, it's over, dude. I mean, I was going to get the tattoo of the Squirrel Girl Funko Pop, but I thought that'd be a real, like, you know, birth control. (laughs) The double whammy. The only nuts that are going to be used are the ones on your skin. I'm I'm sorry, Harmon. I love you, man. But you sabotaged your dick. (laughs) All right. Next up... Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from me, Brayton Harmon. Uh, we have with us, uh, I don't know, how many times you've been on? Like six, seven times? We got uh, Aaron from Nerd Porn. Yeah, and I don't have my own bumper. Oh. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you piss and moan on my show a little bit more, you'll get one. I'll, I'll make my own bumper. It'll be some emo song I make. Don't worry about it. Oh, nice. You make emo songs? No, but I'm being emo about my bumper. Hey, <laughs> I got a I got a bumper for you, Aaron. It goes like this. I don't have a squirrel girl tattoo. I'm having sex tonight. Uh, I have no tattoos, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, because I don't really want to get a tattoo. So it, it seems like it hurts. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm going to use Keith's line, he always says, which is, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we have any tattoos in this whole room, right? I do. I do. I got oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both both these guys both have a squirrel girl tattoo. Fuck that, no. You've got a trifecta, trifecta of three guys not getting fucking ass. <laughs> Mine's dead, though. <laughs> what do you have a tattoo of, Jay? I want to know now. Uh, it's just an anchor. Oh, okay. Yeah. No big deal. Right, pop were, you in the, were you in the Navy? What the hell? It's I, a long story. I'm tough to the finish because I eat some spinach. I'm Pop Jay the Sailor Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's my best Dave Coulier in person. Pretty good. Pretty good. Cut it out. All right. And finally, first time guest on the fucking podcast. I'm very happy to have this guy on. Uh, Steve from Scenic Cast. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Now, the Scenic Cast. Do you you podcast about the board game? (coughs) No, no, we don't. We, We talk about what we've seen. (laughs) (laughs) their whole last episode was about Harmon's tattoo (laughs) you can't unsee that a tree (laughs) walking her dog (laughs) guys today I'm very excited to have all of our three guests on we've got a full fucking house here uh, and so we've got this is like unprecedented like seven fucking people talking about one thing but it's an awesome it's an awesome round table because we're going to be talking about a show that dropped on July 15th mm-hmm. Stranger Things on Netflix I want to go around and I want to talk about this hopefully everybody here is familiar with the rating system <laughs> yeah I think but so. uh, we are going to be rating this thing and there is going to be spoilers abound so I'm going to play that warning this is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. Yeah, Frank. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, the truth is we only have six people on the podcast God right now. It. Because Frank has not watched Stranger Things. Oh, uh, oh, excuse me. He's watched half of the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> I strongly recommend you, like, shove some shit in your ears or something. Like, I would I would not want the details of this show spoiled by True. us idiots. True. Okay. But I want to talk to these guys. Start. Start start the show and not not even finish the first episode. I was hooked within minutes. I I, Jay will second me. I I said the exact same thing. Yes, he did say the exact same thing. And how can you not? Well, I started this morning, (laughs) and uh, because I didn't know we were going to talk about it until like two days ago. I'm like, fuck. And I had a wedding yesterday. I had to do. Oh come on. (laughs) Two days is enough time to watch eight episodes. Are you fucking kidding me? How long did it take you to watch this show, guys? Two days. Two days. Yeah. <laughs> you bastards got kids. Yeah, I know the whole kids. It took me thing. eight hours. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Damn it. I honestly, Harmon watched two episodes on his phone while he was getting that ridiculous tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I watched like probably a whole episode in the shower on my phone. Oh wow! Wow! How, no, how That's did dedicated. you? How did you pull that off? A long shower. Bluetooth speakers. Why were you in the shower. I mean, yeah, you know. Are you I like? Are you tattoo? So. So, okay, are you watching it on your phone, or do you have, like, a TV set up in your bathroom? I wish I had a TV in my shower, but I just had my phone, like, propped up on its stand. But oh, wow. I had to finish it. Like, this is a fucking drug. Is it in the waterproof case? Yeah. Okay, because, like, I would be so worried about the condensation. Right. <laughs> Water. <laughs> hey, Aaron, 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 I got a bone to pick with you, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, let me talk to you here, Chief. Let me, okay. Here's the thing, like, I've got, like, I do the show art, you know, when we post the episodes of, chill the fuck out, people, we're gonna get the Stranger Things here in a fucking second. Advertise content. Yeah, get to the content, fuck you. Advertise content alert. Yeah, exactly, fuck you and your advertise content bullshit, I'm gonna get around to it, I'm talking to some fucking friends right now. (laughs) This just sounded like it could be a strange thing. (laughs) So, I'm getting, I'm doing like the, you know, and it's, I'm talking about, talking about, you know, that's fucked up, it's like, oh, I'm talking to friends right now, and the whole time I've just been fucking just destroying Harmon. And I love Jacob Harmon. I fucking Jacob Harmon is like one of my favorite listeners yeah. out there. Like he's like in the top five. I'm not gonna like rank him, but he's in there. I'm honored. You are, you know, yeah. I'm fucking with you with the squirrel girl tattoo, dude. I think it's awesome when pu- when when people do like stupid shit. <laughs> A giant Brian loves jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Harmon, dude, no, you got, you got fucking, you got nuts. To do, <laughs> to do what you did, you got nuts, Chief. But honestly, you won't be busting any. Oh! Oh! Deep burn. <laughs> that was good, sir. That was good. <laughs> I've got a bone to pick with Aaron because, like, I'm looking. For, here's what I'm doing. Like, I make the show art for the episodes, okay? And so, like, I wanted to do something really nice, and I wanted to put like the show art. For scenic cast and nerd porn in a picture on our, you know, for Facebook. Yeah. And I, I do a search for nerd porn. Uh oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I almost showed up late to the podcast. <laughs> like, we would have, like, honestly, it's like I had to pull myself away. I like, thought your I palm was looking a little raw. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize how much, like, cool fucking nerd pornography is. And no, this is the truth. Like, honestly, it was like one of those things. Like, are you going to leave? to drive to go do the podcast right now are you going to tug one out <laughs> well you do got to drive an hour and a half to get all here. those girls with glasses giving head oh right? 
<laughs> oh my god, it's all over. I know it's all over. It's pretty you just, hot. You, click, you don't have to tell me. Exactly. You, I've never done it. I've never. I've never done it before. I've never done a search for nerd porn because I, I was looking for the show art. I did seen it cast. Seen it cast first, so I that was easy to find. It's not like you know what I mean. I found it really quick. Right. I found their logo, and then I was like, oh, let's find the logo for the nerd porn. Not thinking, and I went into like this whole fucking this trap, like this whole web of like. Chicks with glasses and porn and like, like you know. Oh my god, it was amazing. It was like a cornucopia of nerdy pussy, <laughs> and I was just, I was like locked into that whole world. I was almost late for the porn, uh, for the porncast. <laughs> I almost called it a porncast. I was almost late for the podcast because of your fucking show name, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, I just Google image search nerd porn, and I don't think our logo <laughs> is in here. It's not. <laughs> See, I forgot the always the it's zero. Not, I had to. I had to actually. I had to revise my search, and I had to call it nerd porn podcast, mm. and then it pulled it up. But when I just searched nerd porn blindly, my eyes were open to I'm a bunch right of now. <laughs> nerdy <laughs> chicks getting rammed in the. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is intense. <laughs> in, in the cornucopia. And it's like there's not, it, like squirrel girl cosplayers on that search? No, I didn't see any ner- I didn't see any squirrel girl cosplayers. Lots of knee-high socks. You know, what it looks like to me is just glasses. Like that's what's denoting the nerd part of this. Yeah, I know. And then like the whole one thing. Wonder Woman. Yeah, are you wearing glasses? Oh. <laughs> that's fucking cool. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I gotta stop looking at this. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Check him out right now, actually. <laughs> Just looking over Jake's shoulder. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, welcome to my cool. world. Oh my god. That is awesome. I'm sitting on my couch and it's like, oh, am I gonna go to the podcast today? (laughs) Or am I just gonna fucking get sucked down this fucking rabbit hole and tug one out? Um, Knee high socks, glasses, uh, and controllers. Zero for the O. It's like the third line down. You have the actual, we have our logo, and then you have a sticker that was made, uh, I guess our former host, Tony, Made stickers and T-shirts and didn't tell us and sold some of them. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's a good idea. Good way to find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another. We, we, we found out. Go ahead. The email came and it was just like, "Hey, you've made this much money so far," and we're like, "Cool, we have seen zero dollars." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and and Tony's living the good life, <laughs> making that sticker money. <laughs> I think he made six dollars. I make fifty cents off each. Every every sticker we sell on uh, designedbyhumans.com for our t- like our t shirt site. Every sticker we sell, I make fifty cents. Nice, you know, Just rolling in those quarters. Hey, I'm gonna talk to Steve right now. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Hey. How many fucking podcasts do you make, man? Five. Five. Holy wow. shit. Five podcasts, man. You got a lot to say. He is like the Kevin Smith (laughs) of podcasting. It's like he's. It's it's all over uh, the different television shows and movies to make it easier for categorizing everything. Not everybody wants to hear like my reviews on everything, so I like to break it up into different television shows. The superhero talk is, you know, explains itself. So I try to make it easier on everybody so they don't like get bombarded with. You know, ten feeds a week. Oh, I know, I get it. Like the first ten minutes of every podcast, you explain that exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. hey, let me let me fix that statement for you. It's actually not anyone wants to hear your reviews on anything. Okay. Oh. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! We got a fan on the wow. line. <laughs> yeah. 
No, uh, really feel, time, Aaron. Let's let's not play this. Long time listener. Let's not play this one-up game and try to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like in our group chat when you guys all shit on me for like an hour together and we're all. Oh, come on, Aaron, you're asking for it. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. I feel bad for this guy. Jesus Christ, there's two things. There's two things that Aaron does not need to elaborate on anymore. Oh, Number one, Aaron doesn't drink. We get it. <laughs> it's a fucking dry county 24-7 in Aaron Claude Millerville. We get it. There's no Miller time. All right. Number two, Aaron went to film school. We get it. We get it. There's two things. Those are the two things. And when you break those cards, Aaron, we get it. You don't need to mention them. Yeah, hey, but, yeah guys. But, I, didn't, I didn't like that one shot because, you know, I went to film school. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you. Guys, uh, yeah. that's not a proper money shot. <laughs> when I watch my nerd porn, excuse me, it's not the money shot I want to see. Film school, they taught us differently. You know the one shot in porn that I can't deal with, actually? It's the undercarriage. And I don't think it has a place in the medium at all. Like, I don't think there's a person on Earth who's, like, skipping to that scene, right? <laughs> fucking, no, you yeah. skip past that part. No, you guys are fucking porn snobs. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I went to film school, so I have to... Oh, God. <laughs> I always just add doggy style into my search. <laughs> Skip right to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> it helps out. Do you yell at the screen, don't look at me! Hey, do you guys remember when we started this part of the episode when we promised we were going to talk about strange things? <laughs> yeah. Well, we pretty fucking strange. Yeah, you're yeah, right. All those things are pretty strange. <laughs> Agreed. No, Steve, uh, you do five podcasts. Uh, do you want to talk, like, eh, you know what, you save it for the end. Pick yeah, the best yeah. two and advertise. <laughs> yeah, we don't have we don't have enough room to talk about all five. Oh god! <laughs> so that's what I want you to think about for the next forty-five minutes. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to talk about Stranger Things. What do you get when you mix Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, John Hughes? Stephen King's It, E.T., The Goonies, and Winona Ryder. You get Stranger Things. Uh, it's the new series. It's available on Netflix. It's written and directed by the Duffer Brothers, Matt and Ross. Who the fuck are these guys? Everybody, no. Hold on. Everybody's calling them the Duffer Brothers like they know who the fuck the Duffer Brothers are. I don't know who the fuck these guys are. This is the first time I've heard of the Duffer Brothers. Me too. Me too. I mean, that's how you do. That's how, like, how the Wachowskis did, too. You just I come know. out and yeah. act like you're somebody. Yeah, we're the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> you and know? Every, no, like, I listen to every podcast, and, like, every podcast is like, oh, yeah, this is brought to us by the, directed and written by the Duffer Brothers. And right. it's like, all right, guys, uh, and, and they are? Yeah. Acclaimed writer-directors to Act like brothers. they live like like down the goddamn street from me. Oh right. yeah, the little Duffer brothers. Those kids are great. I don't know who the fuck these guys are. What they've done before? Did they do a short film? Explain to me who the Duffer brothers are. I don't know. They they worked on like a couple episodes of the first season of Wayward Pines, and that was like it. Really? Yeah, they worked on it. They weren't really? even like main writers or anything. So like Netflix was like they they must have gave Netflix like one hell of an elevator pitch. Yes, yeah, something like that. To something get like this that. fucking show done. Yeah, but really nothing else notable. Yeah, yeah. They did do a show, or I'm, I'm sorry, not a show, a movie called Hidden. Yeah, they kept uh, using out, those undercarriage shots, and it pissed me the <laughs> and fuck it has off. Tarzan in it. No, go. I'm sorry, Aaron. I cut you off. 
No, sorry. No, it just um, it has Alexander Skarsgård, who was Tarzan. Yeah. And the dude from True Blood, he was in that. But that's the only other thing I see on their Wikipedia, which their Wikipedia is really new because I looked up th- them up the other day and there was no Wikipedia entry for them. So, hmm. Uh, but that's it. And that and I guess yeah, some Wayward Pines. But is there they're a Wiki- pretty young too? Is there a Wikipedia for porn called Dickipedia? Ah, <laughs> no, but there should be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> All right, guys, what is... Uh, Go ahead and uh, not remove that from the episode so you can get the money. Huh? I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> For he trademark was, purposes. He wants to give you first dibs at Dickopedia. Oh, Dickopedia. Yeah, Aaron. I'm totally, yes. We're taking that out, dude. <laughs> I think you already forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I opened my phone to look up Duffer Brothers, and I forgot that I had just searched for nerd porn. <laughs> Got lost again for a moment there. <laughs> Welcome back, Jake. <laughs> All right, guys. What is Stranger Things about? In a small town where everyone knows everyone, a peculiar peculiar incident starts a chain of events that leads to the disappearance of a child, which begins to tear at the fabric of an otherwise peaceful community. Dark government agencies and seemingly malevolent supernatural forces converge on the town, while a few locals begin to understand that there's more going on than meets the eye. Uh, this, that sounds like a Transformers movie. It absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> or the last shot of nerd porn. <laughs> it stars Winona Ryder, David Harb, or uh, Finn Wolfhard, which sounds like a horny werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfhard. Millie Bobby Brown, which is, I don't know, maybe she was doing coke with Whitney Houston or something. Uh, Gatton Matazzaro, uh, Caleb McLaughlin, uh, Natalia Dyer, Charlie Heaton, Cara Buono, Matthew Modine, and a, I, I've only heard of like Matthew Modine and Winona Ryder. Like yeah. everybody else in this thing, I don't know. My first question before we jump into this review is how many cans of Aquanet Aussie did Steve have to use to get that pompadour. <laughs> that fucking pompadour on his fucking head. How many cans of hairspray did that guy use? Jeez. <laughs> Great head of hair, though. Did, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, like, how many... Th- I'm, th- I'm saying two cans minimum. He had to. Yeah. It was almost like a flock of seagulls meets, like, a, a pompadour, right? Like, yeah. Or, or, like, a teen wolfy kind I of I was hair. thinking more like Luke Perry meets flock of seagulls. Like, it's like Luke Perry, like, you know... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even in action, though, it still stayed. It did not move. No, even when there was action going yeah. on. So that's pretty amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All their budget went He's to that. Amazing. I love that kid. Oh, yeah, I hated him, but I fucking love him too. I've got a tattoo of his pompadour. On my <laughs> <laughs> it just says Steve. <laughs> nice. But that gets you laid. <laughs> I just have him look at the tattoo while I'm railing. Oh my god! All right, guys. What we're gonna do now is I'm gonna we're, before we jump into the uh, rating and reviewing. I wanted to read a couple of Stranger Things emails that I got from listeners. The first one comes from Little Finn Deets Creek, and ah. I, I wanted to bring up Finn because Aaron, you recently had him on Nerd Porn, and this blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was like, Uncle Aaron, and he was making jokes, and I was like, you literally can't say that while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit creepy. Jokes. Yeah. I had to, like, really calm it all down, but he was awesome. He was a great guest. 
uh, honestly, it's like he sound he was a natural on the mic. No first time podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? What'd you say? He said it was his first time podcasting too. Oh wow! Which, no. I mean, he's sixteen, so it makes yeah. sense. But, yeah, that's uh, usually around the age, right? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you have him on talking about? Nerd porn, and it was cool hearing you know Finn's take on some things. Yeah, he, he's awesome. Like I said, he was a lot of fun to have on. We'll yeah, have he, him on again. He destroyed Philip, your other guest. Yeah. <laughs> well, Philip doesn't listen to you guys, so he deserves it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like I'm worried about Philip here in my comments right now. <laughs> he doesn't seem to listen to anybody. He was he was uh he was talking a lot. Well, yeah. oh. no, seriously, one of those. like 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 Pokemon Go is like one of the funnest games ever. But hearing Philip talk about it made me want to throw the game away. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm glad uh, Finn, you enjoyed the episode. <laughs> I know I did enjoy the episode, Aaron. Uh, uh, this uh, email comes from Finn Deets Creek. Hey, leftovers! It's your second scrawniest listener, Finn. I'm not sure the 15 year old is the scrawniest since he is younger, so I thought I would give him the title. Wear it well, sir. On another note, yesterday I finished Stranger Things, and this series is an absolute Tupperware. Everything from the soundtrack to the cinematography to the entire 80s feel is perfect, which makes sense because I wasn't even born in the 80s, didn't even exist in the 80s. <laughs> so I'm an expert. So I'm an expert on the I 80s have feel. No idea what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> I am not an expert in the 80s at all. Jeez, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't even around. Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I liked all the homages to Spielberg in this show. They replicated a lot of his styles. I thought they did a great job showing tension, like in Jurassic Park or Jaws. If you aren't watching this series, you are insane. Thanks for reading my email. Your second scrawniest and second youngest listener, Finn. (laughs) So that is from Finn Deeds Creek, and he was really good on nerd porn. I, I enjoyed him. He was good. He was a natural. And he's Team J, so, you know. No, oh, yeah, there you go. That's a plus. <laughs> the next email comes... This is kind of like fourth wall breaking. This one is from Jacob Harmon, who's actually on the show oh, right now. Whoa. What? Can we have him read his own Harman email? A really sexy squirrel girl tattoo. Harmon, do you have your... money on it. Do you have your email pulled up? Because I would love to hear you read it. If not, I will read it. I, I don't have it pulled up right now. That's understandable. It's not like you just have your email, like, like you've got it up all the time. Like, <laughs> he admires this. He's got it on the ceiling this. of his bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. If, if your email is up for more than four hours, please consult a physician. <laughs> Jacob Harmon says, Hey guys, it's me, Jake Harmon, <laughs> who's been listening since episode two or three. Yeah. Fuck that 15 year old asshole. <laughs> He's talking whoa, about our... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> whoa, yeah. Are you talking literally, Harmon? I've got you beat. I think I answered it in the next sentence. Oh, yeah. he oh, says, God. wait, that sounds like something Frank would say. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually talking about like our new... Fif- <laughs> he's talking about our new 15-year-old listener, Masood Ali. He says, regardless, that kid is super lame compared to Finn. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Thrown it down. Harmon goes on to say, I watched The Fundamentals of Caring since Brian said that I should watch it. Holy shit, man. You hit the nail on the head. Total Tupperware. The comedy was spot on. The prank with the pills was pure gold. Selena Gomez is pretty hot now that she's not 14, so that was a plus. (laughs) (laughs) 
The story was great, well acted, and genuinely funny. I can't thank you enough for that suggestion. Dude, Harmon, I thought that that movie was going to be right up your alley, and I'm glad that it was, dude. Thank you. And uh, I actually think that the quarry in that movie was used in Stranger Things. Hmm. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was the same quarry, because I watched it within a few days of each other. You're like the authority on quarries. <laughs> That's true. You're like a quarry authority. <laughs> I'm a uh, quarryologist. Yeah, wow, that'll get you laid, too. Between that and the tattoo, you're fucking two for two, aren't you, Harmon? Damn right. Yeah, you're just, you're just raking in the ass. Anyway... <laughs> My Yugo has a pussy wagon bumper sticker, you know. Hey, babe, you want to go down to the quarry and check out my tattoo of a girl with a, a squirrel girl? He's going to get his rocks off yeah. down there. <laughs> anyway, he says, I also hooked up my Roku to my 1986 Zenith and watched Stranger Things. Now, that's the way to watch this fucking show. Yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah, it was. I'm three episodes in, and the 80s is alive and well in that show. High taste it, but I think the whole series will end up being a Tupperware. I really dig the synth music used in the show, and the intro and the text used in the show fit the 80s era perfectly. Thanks for the content and for letting me join you for a few episodes back. My bumper was perfect, as was Gafford's. Have you seen his Facebook friends list? He has the hottest friends. It's not even funny. Take care, Jake Harmon, loyal <laughs> listener since forever ago. Seriously, fuck that new kid. Hashtag Team Finn. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Finn. Uh, that dude, kid. Where, where did the random fucking Facebook stalking come from? Oh, well, if you're friends with Jared, you just see all the shit that he uh, he posts on there and all the comments. He has the most beautiful friends. It's It's legitly not funny. I'm kind of jealous. I'm gonna. I want to play well, like uh, Marilyn Manson. Beautiful people. <laughs> the beautiful people. <laughs> like a slideshow of all his Facebook yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It kind of works out pretty well if he doesn't want anybody getting uh, into his search history. You just go over to Jared's profile and <laughs> uh, yeah, hold, squeeze one off. Hold on, Frank. I think Aaron was about to say something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say anything. I said he. I was gonna say he had good hair. That's about it. <laughs> Man knows how to take a selfie. Too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, he knows how to take a thousand selfies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I want us to uh, I want us to go ahead and rate uh, Stranger Things. You're already familiar with our rating system. Toss it, taste it, or Tupperware. I'm going to start out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start out with uh, one of the crew here. I'm going to start out with Frank, and then I'm going to go to one of you guys. <laughs> what? What's that? What's that? You're not part of the crew? Well, the first 30 minutes I saw, I thought it was great. <laughs> oh, fuck, Frank, yeah. Frank didn't even fucking watch this shit. I totally forgot. Hey, Frank, what did you think about the first half hour? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Some scary ass shit that kid fucking running on the bike right. and seeing what the fuck it was. Alright, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Frank, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this thing for you, man. Alright, guys. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're gonna spoil the shit out of it, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, totally. Zone out, play some Pokemon Go, <laughs> something, dude. But alright, I'm gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I wanna I talk to, I wanna talk to, uh, I want to talk to the guy that I think watched this in the best experience because I, I want to talk to Jacob Harmon. Jacob Harmon, talk to me about Stranger Things. You started off with a, a high, high taste it. About how many episodes had you seen when you'd given it a high taste it? I think it was like uh, three episodes in at that point. Okay, so 
now that you've watched all eight episodes, talk to me. Wh- what are you going to rate uh, Stranger Things? All right. My favorite show of all time is The Twilight Zone. Right below that, tied for second, is X-Files and Stranger Things. This is the highest Tupperware like that I could possibly give. Uh, it's been one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. It was so much fun. I mean, the the whole vibe that you get from the show. Like, I mean, it takes place in 83. And, I mean, since it was so early in the 80s, you did see a lot of influence from the 70s. The wood paneling on the sets, just everything about it. It was like a time capsule of a show. And uh, since I'm a fucking living time capsule, I watched it on my old-ass tube TV, and it looked beautiful. It it was just the best way to watch that show. I would agree. I mean, uh, like, uh, I'm going to get into my rating here in a little bit, but, like, it, it looked very 80s, and I can imagine that watching it on, like, your Zenith, it would look like a show from the 80s. Besides the letterboxing. True. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had to deal with that, but the Roku converts it to 4.3, so at least it fills the screen. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so take that, Jake. <laughs> hey, you're still, you're still losing image, though. Oh, no, I want you to take what he said and shove it up your asshole. <laughs> at least the whole image won't be shoved up my asshole. So, you know... <laughs> Touche. No, like, so, so I, I honestly, it's like... Uh, I, we can call them the Duffer Brothers. Like, this is your second favorite show of all time, tied for. You're calling them the Fluffer Brothers, am I right? <laughs> Straight up. Oh, God. This show is so good. All right. I'm going to move on. I I'm can't gonna... wait to see what, you know, these guys come up with next. Mm. Oh, we're going to talk about what their plans are for the future here in a little bit. Uh, Jay, I want you – I mean, you already you, – you watched the first three episodes last time we talked too. Yeah. You gave it a high taste. It, now that you've had a chance to watch all eight episodes, are you at a high taste? It? Did it go lower? Did it go higher? Uh, it's a total Tupperware. It's a total the, Tupperware. This is the best show I've ever seen. This is the show ah, like – Shiny new toy syndrome. No, no. This is the show that I've always shiny, wanted. Oh, whatever, Buzz Lightyear. No, 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 no. <laughs> show – Ah, you just tossed – what was your other favorite show? Tell me what your Woody was. Uh, Sense Eight was like All my right, last. You, yeah, you tossed that shit. No, <laughs> you're on to the newer, the new thing, new shiny toy. This is the show that I've always wanted, and like no one's really done it right, and no one's really, in my opinion, done the '80s right like these guys have. This was absolutely '80s, like the the best '80s thing I've seen since living in the '80s and mm-hmm. witnessing shit in the '80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. And also, like, that mixed with the sci-fi, it's more impactful for me because back then we didn't have so much technology and all that shit. So the sci-fi element plays way bigger in this for me than any – and I fucking love sci-fi. So, Mm -hmm. again, it harkens back to everything I loved about, you know, Spielberg movies and shit like Stand By Me. Even even recent stuff that they've tried to kind of recapture that, I think this really fucking nailed it on the head. And it is is like – I was just like – I just like this is the my most favorite thing I've ever seen, and when it was done, I was so fucking depressed. I was like, God, I got nothing else now, and and I immediately started watching it again. So I'm already back on mm-hmm. like episode three again. Yeah. So yeah, I fucking loved it. I love everything I'm about like, this. Did you watch any more Voltron though? Yeah, <laughs> <she's asked that. laughs> wow, <laughs> Brian didn't even bring it up this time. Aaron brought it up. But <laughs> yeah. Now that Aaron brought it up, have you watched any more Voltron? No, <laughs> no. So you can you can you can go for round two on fucking Stranger Things. Yes, fuck Voltron, right? But this isn't a kids show. You know what I mean? Voltron is a kids show, and that's why it's 
pretty low on my list of mm-hmm. like priorities. Dude, right? I would have loved this show as an eight year old. Oh well, yeah, I know, but that's <laughs> that's different. That's different. But yeah, everything was for me. Like even watching it again, I'm like, I'm not finding anything that was a misstep in this. Yeah, it is everything I wish that had have already been made, and it was finally made. Yeah, I'm impressed by the way you skirt around Aaron's question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow, the greatest show of all time. For all, time. Wow. all time. All time. Wow. Gonna be hard to top. Too. Shiny toy, shiny toy no, syndrome no. happening right here on Pop Culture Left. It earned it in my shiny opinion. Shiny toy, shiny toy. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. Hey, I, <laughs> I want to talk to uh, Steve from Scenic Cast. Talk to me, Chief. Yeah. What did you think about Stranger Things? And uh, when are you going to start your Stranger Things podcast, Chief? <laughs> <laughs> he started it while we've been recording this. <laughs> it was smart. I'm just using this audio. That's he all just submitted. He just submitted the show to iTunes. <laughs> Very smart. Uh, no, I love the show. I give it a Tupperware as well. Uh, I didn't have any real problems with it. Every, I've just, it was very fast. You have to like keep watching just because they 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 end each episode perfectly. Where it's the end of the episode. It's the end of like whatever story arc that is. But then it makes you need to go to the next episode. And I just loved everything about it. I just loved how they covered a lot in what was what? It only took a week for the entire season. It only took, like, for the actual timeline of the show. Uh, what's the kid's name? Mike? He was only gone for a week. So I thought like, a lot Will. happened. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Will. Yeah, so I thought, like a, like, a lot happened. They showed a lot within that week. And I want to say the only thing I didn't Thank like... Thank God that fucking a- Steve isn't the fucking sheriff of the town. He'd be like, oh, God, I've been looking for the wrong kid. <laughs> He's right here. Oh, oh, Found him. <laughs> Mike's been here the whole time. I, somebody told. Somebody should have told me I should have been looking for a kid named Will. <laughs> Mission <Who the> accomplished. Will? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, spoilers, Steve. Spoilers, but uh, the cop kind of was looking for the wrong kid half the time. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. a good point, Aaron. It's not your turn, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the Guys, uh, I, I went to film school. By the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit, sit over there. Okay, hold on. Uh, so the only thing I didn't like, which is more of a personal thing with me, was you know they show how L is able to you know levitate things. They do the whole uh, Millennium Falcon. And then they get on their bikes, and I'm, like, thinking, are we going to get, like, an E.T. homage type of thing where we're going to actually see L oh, yeah. lift the bikes up in the air? And we didn't get that, which I'm kind of okay with, but at the same time, I thought it would be really cool if they did that as well. Oh, fuck that would have been off. two on the nose. Two on the nose. Yeah, fuck yeah, that yeah. shit. Okay. Right. Fuck <laughs> that shit. Understandable. No, she did it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. She fucking body slammed the fuck out of that van. That was cool. Good yeah, for her. No, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we were all expecting them to fly off and shit. That would, yeah. have been, that would have been too on the nose. Exactly, Jake. Steve's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but they did show her, like, floating the Millennium Falcon when she wouldn't listen to the kid mm-hmm. when he was actually asking her to do it. So I took that as, like, a message to the audience that you might actually get to see the the bikes going yeah there yeah well, well, we saw her no, we saw her float Mike it was a payoff to seeing her float Mike yeah. right uh, yeah. Steve floating oh, this yeah, bullshit right. bull, Steve right. floating this bullshit suggestion that they start flying off like Peter Pan I don't know I'm fucking with you Steve Steve <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm fucking with you um so you give it a Tupperware too I, I, are we are, how many Tupperwares are we at are we at three Tupperwares I think so holy shit holy six man's Tupperware party maybe huh holy don't shit don't fuck this up. No, 
that's what I, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like like who's gonna fuck it up? Oh, if, if anybody's gonna fuck it up, <laughs> if anybody's gonna fuck it up, it's either me or Jake. It's either me or Jake. So uh, and uh, you know what? I'm not putting it past Jake to fuck it up first. <laughs> I'm no. I'm talking. I'm talking about high tasted Jake, and I think that's what we might get here. Talk to me, high tasted Jake. Yeah, this is the best show I've ever seen this week. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that being said, I'm going to give it a high taste it. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, t- I Tupperware. This was, this, oh, was, wow. this was fantastic. I am um, I said a big this, fan of the Duffer Brothers, right? I'm a huge, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Okay. Reading his books since fifth grade. And, I mean, that's what really struck me from this was these kids were straight out of it. They were straight out of Stand By Me. Yeah. They were the flashback kids from Dreamcatcher. I mean, it was, these were classic Stephen King kid characters, you know, mm-hmm. too smart for their own good, getting into trouble, you know, figuring out mysteries and shit. Lo- loved almost all of these kid characters. Um, between that and the, the cop, Booker, is that the cop's name? Hopper. Hopper. Yeah. Hopper. Hopper was a fantastic character. I thought Winona Ryder was almost Emmy worthy in this, in this <laughs> shit. I can't believe we haven't seen her do anything if this is what she's bringing to the table. Yeah. In the last, like, ten fucking years? Like, where's she been, you know? Yeah. Did they just let her out of jail from stealing from the Gap or something? Like, where the fuck? Tax <laughs> invasion. Yeah. But, oh, I, I loved this show. This was fantastic. Eight episodes was not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, oh. And normally I'm the first guy that'll rail against, like, given all the episodes at once. But I was ready to watch eight more episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And could have in a week. it's only that good because it was only eight episodes, do you think you'd still be feeling that way if it was 10 or 13, like the usual Netflix? Uh, yeah, that's complaint? a good point. Steve's got a good point. I mean, we've seen a lot of shows that have, like, what's called, like, filler episodes. If it was these same eight episodes rather than this eight-episode storyline diluted, I could see it being okay for more episodes. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, if the story yeah. continued for more episodes rather than this exact same story filled with breadcrumbs to mm-hmm. fill it out and make a bigger meatloaf. Like, and they left it open. Like, I, you could see another episode following episode eight. Yeah. Like right. Easily. Right. So, I loved Everything. it, though. Absolute Tupperware. All right. I am shocked by Jake's rating. Yeah. I honestly thought this was going to get a high taste it from Jake. Yeah. It was sure. great. Aaron, talk to me, man. Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite shows right now. You know, uh, I, I don't want to be new, shiny new toy syndrome. I don't want to get uh, abused for that. No, no, I, no, I, no, I, no. You're not, I'm, it's not abuse. It's not abuse. I like to do that. When something new no. comes out, like, I just want to know. I want to know that, like, when something like this comes out, before I can call it the best show of all time, I want it to fucking marinate for a little bit. We'll find okay. some other way to abuse you anyway. Though. Exactly. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> there's, there's definitely other ways. It's coming. No, don't, 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 yeah, don't try to skirt around the abuse. Fucking it, just, 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 like, this is a fucking roast. Just have fun. Just enjoy it, man. But no, like, like, it's not, it's not like that, man. It's like, I just sometimes, like, I want things to marinate for a little bit. And, like, if it holds the test of time, then it's like, well, okay, that now it's my favorite show. Jay, just, just, 
Jay just fucking just fucking <laughs> willy nilly fucking rates things. I have watched it one and a half times. Though. <laughs> hey, that's like a uh, hundred times more than Frank. Right. <laughs> to be fair, it's Harmon's second favorite show of all time within a week too. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. All right, Aaron, talk to me. It, it's definitely it's definitely up there for me. Uh, I mean, we'll see. You know, it, uh, over time how it goes, but. You know, I do another podcast with Spoiler Steve here uh, called Tied with Hannibal, and it's it's appropriate because this would be up there, Tied with Hannibal, for one of my favorite shows. Uh, goes Hannibal, Boy Meets World, and Stranger Things. So hmm. uh, I give it a Tupperware. It's highest of Tupperwares too. It's a it's a ten on ten for me. Nice. Yeah, I guess I'm the last one to rate it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I honestly, I thought this was a Tupperware from the first episode. Mm. I, I watched this within two days. I, I watched the first four episodes one day, and then I woke up the next morning and watched like the, the last four episodes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Did somebody bark? Yeah, because my roommate's coming home and honked his horn for some reason, so now my dog's losing her mind. Okay. Oh, okay, that's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Like, 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 like this is a professional podcast. Like we actually care about background noise and production value. Um, I, I we're just gonna jump into it. I, I Tupperware this. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the kid actors are amazing. They're the best part of this, yeah. along with Winona Ryder. Yeah. Also, uh, the guy that plays the sheriff, fantastic. Yeah. I also, uh, after watching this, I realized that he was the guy that was talking to Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad trailer. Oh, shit. About Superman if he wanted to bust into the White House and take the president and blah, 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 blah. That's the same actor that plays the fucking sheriff okay. in Stranger Things. Crazy. And uh, Well, he was great. Good to see that he's getting, you know, really big roles. Well, not big roles, but he's getting roles in big things. Yeah, exactly. The Duffer Brothers have done a great job with this series. I mean, you first see that cop in this series, and he has had no action right. at all in this small town. So when he's hearing about things that are happening in the small town, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I hate this guy. Yeah. I hate this guy. Next thing you know... Well, we find out that this small town sheriff was once a big city cop, and this guy actually knows how to do his job really well. when the shit comes down to it. Yeah. And this guy fucking surprised me as a character. Great fucking writing yeah. from the Duffer Brothers, and this character really got fleshed out. I love this actor. I love that character. I love the kid actors. Dustin... The kid that has the missing front teeth. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he that kid, best. oh my god, they plucked him from the fucking 80s yeah. and they fucking threw him in this show. That kid is perfect. Oh, I love man. how the series starts with the kids playing a game of D&D. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Another thing that the show has is kids riding their bicycles. Yeah. They're fucking huffies, man. Right? That's what we did in the 80s, dude. They, they don't need Pokemon Go to get outside. Exactly, <laughs> man. When I was a fucking kid, I rode my bike for miles every day. That's all I did. I was outside riding my bike around, hanging out with my friends, riding my fucking bike around. And that's what these kids were doing. You could do that in the 80s and not worry about getting kidnapped all the time. Right. Can, Can I say something that may give me some heat? Yeah. I fucking hated Lucas. That kid was the whiniest little fucking bitch. He complained and disagreed about everything. Oh, I fucking hated His that character, kid. Th- okay, uh, you're talking about the best friend to the main character. Yeah, I right? fucking... If there was one character I didn't like, it was fucking Lucas. I felt like they... And you guys, I want to hear what you guys chime in on, and I want you to take a side on this. 
I felt like they explained that character's motivation very well, that he was jealous of the girl. He was jealous of the girl taking over the relationship of his best friend. Dustin pointed that out as a theory. It was never... I felt like no. That's that- what they talked about in the show. I think who was it? Somebody was telling Mike about it. Like, don't you get it? Why he's so mad? It, it's because of L. I think yeah. it was the other kid. Dustin was- said that to Mike. Yes. Yeah, but I think the reason yeah, it was brought up is because said. it was fact. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I actually had an experience like that. It, it connected with me because I had an experience like that as a kid. I had a best friend, a really good friend. Yeah. And another guy started to like hang out with him all the time. And I got in a fight with the other guy that was hanging out with my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, L wasn't around when he was being a little bitch in the opening scene with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> You're digging. You're digging. I felt like he was the most logical and rational of the bunch, like the most realistic about what was going on. Not knowing as much as Mike about L or anything else, I think he was the most logical. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, trying to look out for the best interest of them in a real world situation. I disagree with that too, because then he's the kid going Han Solo by himself with the fucking compass, trying to find the gate by himself and shit. But I think that again was him trying to prove to to Mike that he was like, "I'm on your side. I'm on your team. I'm going to go fucking do this regardless of what you guys." I'm just saying, like, you can not like the character, but I felt like the Duffer Brothers wrote the character the way they wanted to write him. I agree. That's I, all I'm saying. I, I agree with like, that. Like, I can sit back and say, like, "Oh my god, that kid's a little fucking asshole." And by the by the um, second to last episode, I was glad that he shook Mike's hand right. and, and he shaped his shit up for the last two episodes. Right. And I was glad to see that. Harmon, what do you think, man? No, I agree. Like, I think we were supposed to dislike his character. And I certainly agree with Jake for a long, for most of the series. I couldn't stand his, his personal character arc. But at the end, when everything, you know, wrapped up and everyone was hunky dory with each other, you know, there was a little bit of redemption there. But like I said, you were supposed to dislike that character. That's how I feel. That makes me feel better. Because I, I couldn't stand this motherfucker for six episodes. <laughs> no, and I think that I think that's the way the Duffer Brothers wrote him. Yeah, yeah okay. you know what I mean. Okay, it's, it's it's like I think that's the way they wrote him. But when I figured out, like when I realized, like the part part where Steve was saying, like where they where they revealed the fact that this kid uh, was jealous over L. Dustin's explanation was, about it. Yeah. yeah. Then I was just like. That's why this kid's been acting like that. Right. I get it now. Yeah. Acting like a bitch. <laughs> He's just a little kid. I, I, th- I, think it, I think it was gratifying in the sense of his character arc. I, I think it's good to have that that kid in there. You know, even if you don't like him at first or you find him annoying. Yeah. I think it really does pay off in the of end. Of all the things that this show did that were awesome, we're talking about a little kid yeah, right little kid, now. It's yeah. like one of the like smallest parts of this fucking show. Well, he shouldn't have been such a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have to bring it up because, man, I wanted to fucking give this motherfucker a swirly. No, we've, oh. got, we've got a chick. We've got fucking a, a chick that fucking has uh, the powers of telekinesis. And you're talking about a bitchy little kid. Right. What I mean, the fuck, Jake? <laughs> I just wanted to say it's the only thing that I was like, God damn it, this kid. 
<laughs> oh, guys, guys, before we move on, I gotta get this off my chest. That bitchy little kid, am I right? <laughs> Armin had my back. I'm glad about that. It's his second favorite show of all time, so he still recognizes this kid was a twerp. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, the kid was a good actor. It's just the character that really pissed everybody off. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I did not hate him because he was a terrible actor. I'm glad Steve can make sense of this because Jake, you were just <laughs> furious. No, I, 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 we're on the same. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same page, guys. Oh my gosh, uh, these characters were plucked straight out of the '80s. What did you guys think of the actor? What was his name? Joe Keery. That played Steve. This guy, oh my fucking god, he is like the epitome of like every eighties Johnny. He's like, <laughs> like, uh, like the, uh, John Hughes movies. You're thinking like, uh, who would you compare You're him thinking to? Thinking of Steph from like Pretty in Pink. Yes, you know? yeah, yes, yes. And uh, when I think of like when I first you know saw Steve, I kept trying to think like, where have I seen this guy before? And when I looked up what he's done, I hadn't seen anything. And I think that's, like, the the best part of it is he just looks like every douchebag from an 80s. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he the part so well, you think you've seen him before. Yeah. He, he reminded me of Johnny from Karate Kid, you know, Sweep the Leg Johnny. Just that kind right. of pompous asshole, you know, that gets all the girls and mm-hmm. stuff because he's a good-looking dude and he's got money, you know, that kind of thing. He I, was perfect. Yeah, at the end he had the, the heart of gold. So I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And it's like you want to see totally more. I totally didn't expect that. What about uh, and uh, Will's brother? Oh my God, Norman Norman Reedus Jr. He fucking uh, yes. Am I right? Yes, he looks exactly. Am I fucking right? Exactly. That's all I could think of. I just kept thinking, oh my God, this kid could play Ghost Rider Jr. (laughs) What's the What's the character's name that we're talking about? What's Will's brother's name? Do you remember? Uh, Let me see if I can. Someone's got it. Is it Jonathan? Jonathan. Jonathan Byers. Yeah. Did you guys think that Jonathan and Steve were friends at the end of this? No. That, yeah, that's kind of. that's like the I most think fucked up part. Each other, like you know, they'll head nod, but they're not gonna right because lunch together because they had this experience together. But that was the most fucked up part. Like she's still. Do you think Jonathan's jealous of Steve? Still? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, and I think Nancy's just fucking back with Steve because you know he Steve popped that cherry, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. And he's got that hair. <laughs> oh my god, you could, you could bounce a quarter off that hair, am I right? That <laughs> ah, fuck it, that's a beautiful pompadour. <laughs> you know, the thi- I really liked how every character had a, an arc. They all had a journey throughout. Yeah. I mean, except uh, for, uh, Barb, I guess his. <sighs> yeah, poor Barb. And Barb. Uh, that's one of my complaints about the show is Barb, because like Will gets so much attention from the police, from everybody. Once Barb goes missing, there's like one scene where they talk to her mom, and they're like, the police never follow up on Barb. It's yeah. like, oh fuck Barb. Barb was a stuck up bitch. Fuck. Barb. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Loosen up. Have a drink, Barb. Junior, right? <laughs> Yeah. Barb didn't deserve any of that. That that was sad, man. That was, was Barb. Yeah. They, uh, with Steve, man, they jumped through so many hoops to try to redeem Steve for the audience by the end of it. Like, and it worked. Like, he's cleaning the spray paint. He's helping him with the creature. He like, turns into Joaquin Phoenix yeah. from Signs, and he starts throwing that bat around like he's fucking he spins Robert it. Redford in The Natural. <laughs> yeah, swing away, Steve. He's, yeah. like, spinning it, like, fucking ninja style. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but, hey, guys, Nancy... Steve's, uh, Steve's 
I don't know, his target, the chick, the, the, uh, Will's sister. Yeah. Did she or did no, she Mike, not? Mike's sister. Mike, no, Will, uh, Mike's sister. Mike's, you're yeah. right, you're right. Did she or did she not look like Sloan from Ferris Bueller? I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree. Totally. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, God, to a T almost. Yeah. Yeah. And she was cool. I love seeing, um, the evolution of her and her brother by the end of it too. Yeah. Like it seemed yeah. like they had, they used to be really good friends and then they haven't had anything to do yeah. with each other for the last few years. And then they have that great scene where they tell each other they're not going to have secrets anymore. I thought that was a wonderful scene. I love that. And then they go ahead. instantly lie. They instantly lie to each other. Have yeah. That was good. <laughs> I like the evolution of her character, too, when she is like, all she's about is like, you know, like, oh, she's like the perfect girl who hasn't done anything bad. And she's hanging out with the bad boy, Steve. And Steve wants to get that pussy. Yeah. And Steve gets that pussy. And then after Steve gets that pussy, the next thing you know, Barb is gone. And she's like totally forgets about Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, fuck, like, whatever. Fuck Steve. Right. Right. And that's what makes it so crazy at the end of this thing that she's back with Steve. <laughs> right. Yeah. Honestly, like Steve, I don't think would have a shot with her if Steve wasn't involved in that last scene. Right. If Steve was yeah. not involved in that last scene, Steve would still not be hitting that Nancy pussy. No, because she pulls a gun on him and is like, get out of here. Exactly. But he still gets it at the end. Right. God, he's right. a ladies' yeah. man. <laughs> I think she was, think she was Jay, trying Jay, to use the gun Jay, to save his life. No, Jay is actually trying to figure out, what is this fucking 16-year-old kid doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> I'm getting oh, a new haircut. It's the hair. Yeah. <laughs> she was impressed when she shot and the bullet bounced off his perfect hair. <laughs> Honestly, when I walked into Jay's house today, I opened up his fucking bathroom door and he's got like fucking three cases of aqua. <laughs> Three cases of Aquanet just chilling back there. I could smell it right when we walked in. <laughs> a how-to diagram. How to do the Steve haircut. Yeah, it's like a football helmet for your head. I, I lit a cigarette and a fucking fireball appeared. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about L. Let's talk about L. Let's talk about this girl's ability, yeah. man. Like what this girl can do. I think the Duffer brothers, like when they showed this girl when she's breaking out, she's like she's they got her like trapped in like this like Weapon X facility and yeah. shit, and they're performing all these tests on her. When she breaks out, man. When she breaks out, dude, it is dope as fuck. She moves her head. When she moves her head, she snaps motherfuckers' necks. Yeah. Hey, Steve, talk to me about this scene. What were you thinking, dude? I, I, what's it called? I loved all the flashbacks with everything that we got of her background of growing up in the in the that what do you call it? That weird factory thing that research they have facility. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the facility, and it was just. I think the best part was when she was able to snap everybody's neck at once at the end, where she and then she uh, what was it? She got knocked out afterwards because she gets she that goes bleed every time. She goes full on Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four, yeah. the Josh Trank movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite yeah, popping I, heads. I know she's not going to Kira. <laughs> yeah. well, I feel like she was giving them like embolisms or something. I don't think she snapped their necks. Their eyes were bleeding and they were all frozen in place. Didn't their necks, but didn't their chins like snap to the side or whatever? Yeah, I swear there was Foley work too where you heard like snapping of bone. No, I, we're talking about two different things. Like there's one scene where she first fucking gets out and she's snapping guys' necks just by moving her head. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then there's another scene where Aaron's talking about where like we actually see blood fucking coming out of their fucking eyes and shit. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's towards the end. Which was great because I fucking hated that lady. I wanted her dead so oh, bad yeah. and then they gave it to me. 
Yeah, she was pretending to be like fucking social services or whatever. Oh yeah, what yeah. an evil bitch. Yeah. No, the Duffer brothers. The Duffer brothers succeeded because they have given us a show where you're wishing death upon a lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you want, like, when a, when a show can get you to the point where it's like, I want you to kill that woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a success. Am I right? I agree. Yeah. Right. You are correct. All right, Steve. Go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, no, it's okay. I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> uh, what was? Oh, yeah, because that lady that was in the first episode, she kills that diner guy or whatever. I felt really bad because I thought he was pretty cool. He's going to be like one of the main characters. Big surprise. Yeah. No, just shot in the head. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? And that that was like a Game of Thrones moment. Yeah. Like I yeah. thought, like this guy was going to be like, oh, okay, this guy's going to take this girl under his wing, take care of her, protect her. They come in there in that episode and just shoot that woman. Just she's all like Helen Mirren from that Red movie, and just comes in there and fucking yeah. pops this motherfucker in the head. You're absolutely right. I thought this was going to be a main character. <laughs> yeah, too. He's like the Ned Stark of episode one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The person I was watching. Watching it with, as soon as he appeared on screen and you saw that they were getting that he saw her, yeah, uh, she was like, "Oh God, I hope he doesn't die." Yeah, and I couldn't yeah. say anything, but yeah. I'm like, "That's exactly what I felt when I watched it." I was like, "Oh God, I hope they don't fucking kill this guy." Yeah, <laughs> they should You're call like, these guys. <laughs> they yeah. should call these guys the Snuffer Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they did. Yeah, <laughs> but I All loved right. her powers and the way that she fucking did that shit. Just. Tilting her head to the side and breaking somebody's fucking neck. Jacob Harmon, what did you think about the character of Elle? I think Elle was, uh, she was such a neat character. The way she used her powers in different ways throughout the show was cool. Like, when she finally made the Millennium Falcon float, I, I mean, fuck, if I was like a, a 10-year-old kid and I could make shit float, that's exactly what I'd be doing. <laughs> uh, You're like, and, uh, fuck like, that drone technology. I got it all right here in my head. Right? Damn right. <laughs> And, uh, like, when she got real emotional and her powers, like, really came out, it was terrifying. Like, just the raw ability that she was capable of. I bet Jake and- was fucking cheering when she fucking launched that one kid that he had. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> she slammed Lucas's fucking bitchy ass right to that wall. You're like, I, I hope clapping. he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops, accident. <laughs> and then, like, uh, like if you jump forward to the end, she just fucking like disintegrates that monster. Mm, yeah, like that was insane. Just how much power she must have had built up, you know? Mm-hmm. Guys, what did you think about the uh, the character aesthetic of uh, the monster, Aaron? What did you think, man? Were you satisfied? Did you think like this was a monster that was like that was cool that could live up to like you know like a Stephen King monster? Yeah, I liked him. Um, you know, that was the one, the one spot where I thought the effects kind of took a dip. Was anytime you saw the full monster, you could tell he was not in the world. But I think design-wise, he was really cool looking. I don't know what he is per se. You know, because like he doesn't really have a brain, obviously, or else it's not in his head. Because his head opens up into like a flower, uh, and it's just all teeth. Yeah, and feed flies. me Seymour. Am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was he was cool as shit though. Like I thought he was a pervasive threat throughout the whole show and I really liked uh how they started kind of drawing him in with uh blood. Mm-hmm. Though it's kind of weird that like only their blood cuz like people bleed all the time. Like there had to be someone in town. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you uh, are you talking about Nancy and Barb on the same cycle? What's going on? <laughs> so what I'm saying is like 
why would like one drop of blood be better than or be more you know attractive to it than another? Like someone could be making a steak that's like rare, and you would think that'd be more blood to draw them in. That's a good point. That's a good point. I actually thought about that. You're making a good point. I didn't actually come to that conclusion when I was watching the show, but I was thinking I was thinking to myself like any time like a main character draws blood in this, like the monster arrives, and I'm thinking to myself like. Once a month, every female in this town is fucked. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not addressed. It's only like when, like when Barb cuts her hand, or or, or you know what I mean, yeah. shit like that. So yeah, that's I a wanted good point. to talk about the cop real quick one more time. I just wanted to say I thought it was really awesome that they didn't make him like a bumbling cop because when you first see him, yeah, it kind of seems like that's what they're gonna do with him because yeah. he's you know drunk, and you know you later find out why he's a drinker and why he's an alcoholic or whatever, but. At first, I was like, oh, here we go with the kind of chubby, bumbling cop who sucks at his job. But then he was a complete fucking badass the whole time. Yeah. That's a great point, dude, because how many times have we seen that bumbling cop in these movies and it's played out Mm -hmm. and I'm so fucking over it. And it was nice to see that fucking flip where like, yeah, this cop, he's not a bumbling cop. It's just... There's nothing happening in this town, and he and he has been a big city fucking police officer, and he does know how to handle himself, but nothing happens here. And when he finally that switch happens, when that light goes off and his fucking light goes on in his head, that this something's going on, something something's going on, and I have to be the one that figures it out. I agree. I was getting ready to say the same thing. It's like he was asleep for a few episodes, and yes. then it's just all of a sudden he wakes up, yeah, and is back I- to his senses. I also enjoyed that he was sleeping with everyone in town. Yeah, that was the librarian. It's like, seriously, the librarian? Like, yeah, that was great. Right. <laughs> he was very Han Solo to me. He felt very Han Solo when he was, like, fully, like, on board and trying to find the kid. He felt very Han Solo. Like, you knew this guy had the answers whenever something would come up, and mm-hmm. no one else did. But, it, yeah, at first you're like, man, what a piece of shit. He's just drinking and smoking and popping pills when he wakes up in the morning, you know? Yeah. But I, I thought his his partners were pretty – they were they were bumbling cops. And they were definitely, oh, yeah. I think, like comic relief for the most part. Especially the white guy. Yeah, he, he was, was ridiculous. Yeah, they were like Simpsons cops. Like, yeah. They were, they were pretty <laughs> – Simpsons yeah. cops. Hey, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and then we'll have a little bit more of a discussion about this. Cool. Okay? Awesome. Okay. Hey guys, we are back. Uh, and you know what? I want to I want to jump into a little bit of uh, a little bit more Stranger Things. I want to ask you guys a few uh, questions. I mean, this this discussion is really for people that have watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, you're a fucking idiot. Number one, yeah, and totally lost. Totally two. lost on this. This discussion is not for like 
it's not I'm not trying to like like talk you into like watching it. This discussion is for people that have watched it. Like if you're listening, you understand what we're talking about. Yeah. If you, if you haven't watched it, you're totally lost. And frankly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're a fucking idiot for not having watched this shit. Like subscribe to Netflix or fucking gank somebody's password. Yes. Am I right? Yes. That's illegal now. Be careful. Oh, fuck you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't want you to see you go to jail, bro. Whatever. Oh, yeah, Mr. HBO Go. <laughs> I, I get worried every day they're going to knock my door down for that. I want to I ask, ask the guys that are joining us on the podcast, and I'm going to start with Harmon, and then I want to go down the line with Aaron and Steve. I want to ask you guys what you thought about like uh, when, we, when we are introduced to the world of the upside down. What did you think about the upside down? Uh, Harmon, uh, talk to me, man. The upside down when we're introduced to this new alternate world within our same world that is the upside down. What did you think, man? I thought the whole thing was pretty bitching the way it went about because we got a few glimpses of it. And then when the, when the puzzle finally came together and we got, you know, the name for it and they, they pulled out the Dungeons and Dragons manual and they're like, oh, it's like the Veil of Shadows, the, the world, you know, just slightly opposite of ours and it looks the same. I thought that was a great way to tie it in so that the, the characters themselves were, like, familiar with the concept. And then throughout it, they had that episode, the, uh, the acrobat and the flea. Hmm. Like, I remember learning about, like, parallel dimensions using that same... Uh, analogy when I was in high school so I thought that was pretty sweet um, just uh, the way it was introduced was brilliant the world itself was awesome uh, I don't quite understand like how it works because like they had vehicles and stuff so like could like when uh when Hopper and Winona Ryder there went into the other world could they have just gotten in one of the the upside down cars and like went faster to find Will. Like, there were some things like that that didn't make a lot of sense. So Harmon's but. asking stupid questions <laughs> when we are introduced to the upside-down world. I'm surprised that, like, when they introduced the flea, you weren't talking about flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah. Guys, what I want to know is, if they're really upside-down, how come they didn't fall into space? <laughs> That's deep, man. That's deep. Toss it. Mind blown. Hey, Steve, what did you think about uh, the Upside Down? Uh, And don't talk about getting in cars and driving around and shit. (laughs) No, I actually really enjoyed how the show portrayed the Upside Down. I look at it as how they also portrayed the monster itself because the first couple of episodes, you don't really get to see anything of it. And it's more of like the Jaws effect where you're having your imagination control what you think this is. So by the time they actually get into it, I was even more freaked out because of what I like built myself myself up to think of what this world actually is. So when they actually start entering it, I'm just like sitting there on the edge of my seat going, they're all going to die. They're all going to fucking die. Like everybody's screwed. No one's going to get out of this alive. And the only thing that kind of annoyed me was when Nancy finds the little tree yes little thing why she knows what she's about to walk into i think we would all know at this point if there's well, why didn't she bring it up to anybody else yeah right like, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what i was getting at like why like you find it this is what you're looking for why don't before going in stop and go look for that the kid's brother or whatever i mean i liked how the next episode we see her being pulled out of the tree with that that was pretty cool but at the same time we were taught that you're a pretty smart person so why have you not stopped to get the kid 
to then go in together. Like it's a it's a time play. constraint thing, though. The, the the they don't stay open at the same place forever. Mm. I mean, we that uh, was that was displayed okay. multiple times in the show. Where when one of the portals right. opens, it's not permanently open. It's only open for X amount of time before it closes. Right. So by the time she would have went and got someone else, it okay. very well may not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right. closing in. Yeah. yeah, shove that up your dickhole, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sit back down here and just you know listen to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, hey. to get me back from earlier. <laughs> Aaron, what did you think about the upside down? What I what I was wondering is because they said it's radioactive. And it looks to be like either a parallel of our current world or what I was thinking is maybe it's like a future type thing. Maybe a post, uh, post-nuclear future because there's like ash floating everywhere all the time. And they, they said the air was radioactive. So that's, that's what I was trying to figure out is if it's like a parallel universe as in, you know, it runs parallel alongside of us or if it's like – Maybe an alternate future or an alternate now. You know what I mean? So you're thinking of all the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> Missing all the details. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you guys don't think about this stuff because, you know. I, I don't. Yeah. Hey, wait. We didn't go to film school. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's where I was going. That's hilarious. I love the uh, the character of the uh, teacher that they had and when they were trying to explain to him about the upside down. Yes. At first he wasn't getting it and then they bring it up in the D&D terms and yeah. he immediately knows what they're talking about. What's, well, I loved the fact that like every character, uh, you have separate storylines going on yeah. and they all come to this upside down conclusion but in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nancy comes to it in her way and then you've got Winona Ryder who with using the light technology mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. and the phone. That was cool. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for this woman every time a phone would go out on Boom. her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I the kids... for her boss. What's that? I felt bad for her boss every time she had to go and buy new stuff. Oh, yeah. That was great. Oh, uh, she just laid it out for yeah, him. she told him. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, man, uh, if you're not watching Stranger Things, you're missing out on uh, one of the m- the best TV shows I've ever seen. I'm not going to say it's the shiny new toy best <laughs> series I've ever seen. Best show of the week, like I said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, it, it got- is fantastic. I got one question for you guys because, uh, Brian, you sent uh, us an article like a week or so ago yes. from, I think, Variety. Yes, Variety. About, like uh, they were talking about like with the brothers and everything, and they were saying that Steve was supposed to be like – they were supposed to go down the usual trope of Nancy would fall for the older brother and leave Steve in the dust. And it was actually the actor who plays Steve that kind of got to the directors and convinced them to change that around. Uh, what did you think of that? Do you think that it's better that they did it that way, that it's a different type of story or it's type of ending that we'd expect, or would you have rather her gone with the older brother like it's how they originally played? That's a great question. It's a great question. It's not the ending that we would expect. No. Uh, but it's a, it's an ending that makes us want to know more. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, I, I remember, like, uh, Aaron and John from Friday Night Fandom saying, like, this series should be an anthology series. And I don't know if you've changed your mind on that, Aaron, but, and I'll, I'll ask you that here in a moment, that the Duffer Brothers should come out with an anthology series. But for me personally, what I witnessed here in the first season of Stranger Things was on, it was magic. It, it was magic between the, the writing, the cast 
and the cast uh, as far as like how they portray their characters. Yeah. And I feel like this is magic. Like you don't get this anymore a lot. I mean, you don't get this. Everybody did their job perfectly. Even Winona Ryder, she didn't take me out of this. No, not at all. You know, it's like, okay, I remember Winona Ryder as a kid. I remember watching her in Beetlejuice and Heathers and all these huge movies. And it's, it, she didn't take me out of it. She like embodied that character of this mother that was not a good mother. Right. Yeah. I thought she was amazing. I did too. Yeah. She was amazing. Like, Duped and small. Did you notice that? Like the crazier she got, the more like hunched in her neck was. Or yes. Whatever. Yeah. I was really cool. I was definitely watching her neck throughout the entire <laughs> series. Of I, no, I was like seriously. Like I had fucking like uh, neckograms. <laughs> it, it was shocking to see Winona Ryder with old woman neck. <laughs> it's crazy. It was awesome. Honestly, she looks young as fuck. I yeah. agree. I agree. I'll tell you that. Like, on, I'm so happy that she wasn't one of these actresses that fucking got sucked into this Botox bullshit. Yeah. Because yeah. that was not available back in the 80s, and she would not have been able to do this show. So thank goodness for that. So, but she was fan fucking. Fantastic in this. She played a mother that just a shitty mother. Yeah. A really bad mother. But once once her son was missing, Will was missing, I mean, like, she started to Yeah, it looked like she was going crazy. Yeah. But she started piecing things together. Yeah. And I, I love that about her character. Uh, speaking of bad mothers, the worst mother in this show was Mike's mom. Yeah. That character cracked me up. Oh my god. Mike's mom and dad were so oblivious to everything. It oh was my so god. funny. Mike's mom's reaction to the father half the time when he would speak, she yeah. was just like that's not how I want you to act as their father. <laughs> I was like, wow, they had a third kid. They really were still having sex after the first two. <laughs> Enjoy your chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Was like, she must have raped this guy or something to have a third kid. Hey, Harmon, Harmon, when you're watching this, when you're watching this on your Zenith TV, I want you to talk to me about like the special effects, like when they did introduce like the villain uh, from the Upside Down. How did it look? Like, did this look like something? Did this look authentic to the 80s? Or did this... How did it look, man? I, I want to know. Like, I'm intrigued by your your experience because it's totally different than anybody else's experience. Because we all watched it on HD 1080p TVs yeah. streaming from Netflix. You watched it on a Zenith. Like, a what is it? 1986 Zenith. Uh, from your Roku box, man. Like, what did this look like? Did, did this look like a legit, like, 80s, you know, something that you would watch on your TV? I'm sure if you uh, you go back in your memory to watching Ghostbusters when you were younger, probably on your old TV, it was uh, kind of on par with that. Um, the effects can, no matter how good or, or poor they are, they can only look so good on a standard definition television. But uh, it definitely it, it looked in in part of what you would expect an '80s show to have. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And speaking of like uh, effects, there was a visual. There were two visuals in the in the last episode that just gave me the creeps. Uh, that first one was Barb's dead body when <laughs> that like thing slithered out of her mouth. Oh, oh god, that was gross. And then uh. The second one was when they they found Will like up on the wall, 
and they yanked that thing out, and it just kept coming out more and more. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God, that oh that was rough to watch. Oh my God, did you feel that? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, it was like, ugh. That was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> I feel bad for the actor that played Will. Yeah, like, he didn't get much, much to chew on, did exactly. he? Exactly. He was like the sick kid in Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see him at the beginning of the movie, and they're like, oh, you're sick, and uh, we're going to play our best uh, this season. And then you see him at the end, and he's, like, all in the bed, and he's still sick and shit. Yeah. Yeah, and where does he fall in the friendship ladder? Like, we know where everyone else stands. It's they just... treated him like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, even his mother says that his friends pick, like, his best friends pick on him. Yeah. Yeah. So Winona Ryder was saying that. She was so great. Yeah. Oh, she was great. She what was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I... surprised you think she was a bad mom. She was yeah, a, she was more of like a she was not. Mom. Hold on, hold on. She was a. Let me explain this. She's she she loves her kids. Yeah. Right. But when there is tragedy in the family, she cannot hold her shit together. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. She's okay. not a bad mother. She doesn't beat Will. She doesn't abuse Will. She doesn't tell Will that he's not going to amount to anything. She encourages Will. She's probably the most positive thing in Will's life. But when shit hits the fan, she cannot compose herself. She loses everything. Yeah. She can't communicate to other people and try to tell them what's going on. She just is wrapped up in her own world and she is so uh absorbed in that and she it's almost like she's crazy. Like she doesn't understand like like I can understand like if if you're hearing voices and you're seeing things and you're watching lights flash. Yeah. Like you don't want to like let other people know that. Yeah. Because they're going to think you're crazy. I can understand her telling her son, but telling the sheriff is another thing. Yeah. I feel like she's a bad mother in that aspect. Okay, because pre-crisis, she was a really great mom. Yeah, she's all right. I don't know. She didn't even know where he was, though, before. Well, she just, she was a single mother working too much. And it it, it sucked for the older son, I think, because she kind of relied on him to raise her kid for her. Yeah, it felt like she didn't really give him any anything until like later and then she's like i i do love you too you know it feels like she kind of discounted him at the same time i feel like they had that great flashback scene where she was talking about his art mm-hmm. and everything that kind of shows that she she gave him some well that that's it. one thing like to be a caring person like to your kid but to be a mother yeah that's a totally different yeah story. I, I feel like like uh when she's a good mother to will but like once will gets older he's gonna see like how his mom doesn't have all her shit together yeah like the older son has seen because like when shit hits the fan her older son realizes like my mom is kind of like all over the place right now yeah you know she's all over the place and i think if she would have composed herself differently that that maybe her older son would have like realized shit that was going on a lot sooner yeah you know like you know, uh, like, us as the viewer, it's easy for us to understand, like, oh, she's on to something. She knows what's going on. But, like, everybody else thinks she's just fucking crazy. And it's the way she composed herself. She she acted crazy. Yeah. Like, even though, like, her actions were, like, like we understand them because, like, it's really it, – that's shit that's happening in her fucking world. Yeah. Everybody else is not seeing these things. She's not, like – 
trying to prove to anybody else, like, oh, this is what's going on. Yeah, her actions were only justified in her own head. Exactly. I agree with that. Exactly. So when I say I bad – oh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, just did, I did like when she did try to explain to the cop and everybody else, she's like, I sound crazy. Like, I know I sound crazy, but – I'm sticking with it. Yeah, she was self-aware. She she thought it was imperative that she had to tell people this information regardless of how crazy it was going to sound. But everyone expected that. No one was like, oh. Right. Everyone's like, yeah, she's doing this again. So, like, she had already been like The family already has, like, a certain negative stigma. I think they expected it because of what she'd been through, not because she'd been a -a wackaloon her whole life. Well, I'm not saying a -a wackaloon. I'm not saying a -a wackaloon, but just the way that she behaved, it was like, ah, yeah, we're not going to believe this lady. But, you know, not based on she's been telling crazy stories her well, whole hold life. Hold on. Right? I mean, she's basically like in the middle of the street yelling at her son in a shouting match about how that's not her son in the funeral parlor. Right. And she's yelling about like, look for that uh, birthmark and blah, 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 blah. And like if I'm somebody on the outside, I'm thinking this woman is crazy and she's not accepting it. She's not wanting to grieve. Right. She's not wanting to accept that her second-born child is dead. But the fact that she was right, doesn't that give her bonus points? I mean, the ends justified the means. Yes, but I'm talking about other characters and their view on her. She looks disheveled, number one. Yes. Single white mom who's poor, you know. Yeah, exactly. She's not taking care of herself. She she looks like shit. Yeah. Uh, And... And, and she's yelling in the street with her son, and she's saying her son's not dead. And, like, you know, she's telling – I mean, like, us as the viewer, we can be like, oh, she's right. But on the flip side, let's look at this from the outside. Let's, like, look at it from, like, everybody else in the town, like, how they would look on it. I agree. Like, even if they don't know her that well, just look at her – Look at okay, number one, they're prejudging by looking at her appearance and looking at the part of the town she lives on. Yeah. She's probably not involved in the community. She's not going to parent-teacher conferences. She's probably not donating to charities. She's probably not doing – you know what I mean? All these things that the people in the upper echelon of that town Mike's are doing. Mike's parents. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mike's parents. She's <laughs> yeah. not involved. And right. so, like, you know, she, she's a single mom. And that makes it hard. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, maybe if she was with the right man – you know what I mean? And not working so hard to take care of two boys. Right. And stuck in a dead-end job. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a lot of stigmata that played into that. Not necessarily that she was always acting crazy. And she, and, and yeah, let me retract what I said. She's not a shitty mother. She's not a shitty – she's in a shitty situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think the show did a great job of writing the line before you knew all the facts on knowing whether or not she was crazy or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, until like the light scene – as an audience, you really weren't 100% sure if she was just batshit crazy or not. Right. And True. I think on the rewatch, you, you really see a lot more that the ends kind of justified the means and the way yeah. she acted. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, Matthew Modine's relationship with Elle. Yeah. And her calling him Papa. That was creepy as hell. Guys, guys, I feel like we got a lot of answers in the first season. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we got a lot of answers for... Matthew Modine's relationship with L or or Eleven as they called her. Yeah, guys, Harmon, right. what do you what are you thinking, man? Are you thinking like if we get a second season, do you think they should explore that a little bit more? Oh, totally. I mean, was she just straight up kidnapped, like they kind of alluded to, or was it like was he actually like a biological father who just intentionally had this kid as a science experiment? And you think about it, she's number eleven. Hmm. Where's number one through ten? Like oh. that itself could be like a, a whole fucking show. Wow. True. Yeah. Good point. 
Good point. Yeah, it's almost a shame that they killed that character. Did they though? Because they didn't show him being. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, they the, showed him being jumped on. Like straight up fell on his face. Does he yeah. have powers of his own though? That's what. That's what all. Why didn't Eleven just wipe him out early on? Period. It yeah. was her dad. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm with Aaron on that one. I, I, I feel, don't know. I feel like there's a brainwashing kind of element. I don't think he's dead though. I don't. I don't yeah, think he's gone. They kidnapped her at birth. You know what I mean? So she true. Only knows that guy. That's why she calls him Papa. I think she let him go though. There was that moment with that struggle where she's like actually like looking at the the kids that she's bonded with. Yeah, and it's almost like uh, th- nothing is said. But it's almost like a moment where she has to choose either the kids or him. Right. And I feel like she's gotten to the point where she's like, she's trusted. They keep bringing up, we're friends now, right? Yeah. We're friends now, right? Mm -hmm. We're friends now, right? And I feel like this guy that she's been calling Papa has just been using her this entire time. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I was going with the whole, like, that it was his kid and that because like how they were explaining with the woman how she lost the baby in the third trimester and everything i felt like they were trying to set it up as like that was a plan they knew it was going to happen and they scooped up the kid right away and it, it all seemed like it was predetermined of how it was going to go down and like and like what uh Harmon said like with the numbers and everything this isn't the first trial is that his try i'm i'm thinking is that his dna though you know what i mean i don't think so Okay. I, I think do. he's scooping I, up I these kids. So. Okay. Steve, you think it is? <clears throat> I, I for some I don't know, for some reason I think that it it is it's his kid for some reason just because well what was the mother saying or I forget did we meet the mom or did we We met the mom. We oh met, yeah. Right? She did she explain who the dad was or anything like that? No, she yeah, no. Aaron's right. She was catatonic, right? Yes. Which is weird in <laughs> itself. How did how did that happen? It's the fact that that L is the 11th one, though, makes me think it's not his DNA. Like, he, Yeah, no, it's for sure not his kid. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I'm 100% that it's not his kid. Okay. But for some reason, he had tabs on this kid before it was even born. I, I think yeah, he, he was... Yeah, he of it. Yeah, he was getting whatever kids he could, probably 11 in a row. Okay. You know, until he got the shit to work right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was weird that they didn't actually show him being mauled by the creature. I thought, like, okay, there's a gratifying moment. Yeah, he jumps on him, but you don't actually see him being killed like everybody else. Mm. So I thought that was kind of yeah, weird. That's true. You know. Mm. To be alive at that facility because, you know, obviously uh, the the sheriff goes back there at the end. Which was also Something. strange. Yeah. yeah, that was a very strange thing. What do you think, Brian? You think it's the kid is the DNA of the character? a hard question uh it it, it is a hard (laughs) question um what was what would his dna matter in the first place though well if he already has abilities which you know does he people were creeped out by him he's super manipulative he got people to do whatever the fuck he wanted for the most part i don't know is that mind control or not i mean he didn't have very good abilities with any of the kids or anything like i didn't really see any any abilities that this character well it didn't beyond normal he wasn't really persuasion it didn't seem like he was really exposed to them enough to even do that he does seem a little he does seem a little like self-absorbed and into himself like maybe he saw maybe he wanted to inject a little bit of himself into something i i don't know that's a good point i I don't know I, i i don't I don't really have an answer. And we don't really know who they're working for necessarily. We know it's kind of a government thing, but we yeah. don't really know their main objective. All either. I can tell you is that I think he is trying to play God and he is trying to control 
control a godlike character. Oh, that, even that, even the monster, yeah. Yeah, that, that's all I know. And I, I always thought it was it's the classic Stephen King were creating weapons for the military storyline is what I gathered from it. But it seemed like yeah, he... I totally agree with Jake on that one. He didn't seem military, though. He felt more science. He is the scientist, but at the end of the day, that's what he is. He that's what he's doing. Yeah, but I think he's using the military to right to 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 to, to further his science himself. Like that's that's what he needed to uh, to put himself out there. That's who's funding this whole thing. His own agenda. His own agenda. He definitely felt Agreed. like he had his own agenda, yes. even though he was working for the government or whatever. Yeah, he didn't feel like like all gung ho. Like, yeah, this is for the military, America. Right. Th- this felt like this guy was like, hey, that might be the that might be like the the bottom line. That might be like what they're going where for. the money's coming where, from. Exactly. Yeah. That might be like the, where the money's coming from. But it felt like this guy like had his own agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I felt like he was in a lot of ways one of the weakest characters on the show too, though. Mm. Like it, it just. I don't know. The performance wasn't the greatest, and there wasn't enough inter- information. That's why I think that this would be a season two thing to follow up on. I, I think they did, they did that on purpose. Yeah. The Duffer bro- that no, that's I just what- don't care enough about it though. Like if you if you're selling me on that season two, then I'm not getting excited. I care about it. I think that's where they're going with season two, though, Jake. And and, and that's uh, uh, let me talk to you about season two because I, they may address this. Season two has not been confirmed, but in an interview. With Variety, the Duffer Brothers did talk about what they would do if they get a season two. They've written a 30-page document that has details for the full story, and we don't have the full story yet. Here's what they said about what we don't know about a certain character and what they plan to do with a second season if they do get it. How much do we know about Eleven's true origins at this point, and how much did you want to keep a mystery? Here's what Ross Duffer says. We get the hint that her mom was involved in the experimentations back in the day, resulting in her being born with these powers. But what we wanted to do with the show, and this season specifically, was mostly seeing the mystery and these extraordinary things through the eyes of these ordinary characters. By the end of the show, they don't know or understand everything. That is purposeful. We do cut away to the government occasionally for these pops of mystery or horror, but we didn't want was to have a scene of the scientists just sitting down to explain everything. Hmm. We wanted to slowly peel back layers of this mystery for audiences through the eyes of these very ordinary people. It's not all solved by the end of the season. We want, we wanted to resolve the main mystery of Will being gone. That was the story of this season. As you, and then Variety said, as you head into future seasons, have you thought about how much of that 30 page document you want to reveal and explore? And Ross Duffer says, we leave these dangling threads at the end. If people respond to this show and we get to continue this story, we had all these initial discussions of where we might go with it. If there was going to be a season two, we would reveal more of that 30-page document, but we'd still want to keep it from the point of view of the original characters. Hmm. Even though you tell a complete story with the season, you end on a couple of major cliffhangers – uh, bu- 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 oh, they're asking a different question there. That's interesting. 
I feel like the main things I want to know in a season two, though, are like, what did Hopper get into that car to discuss? What does, what's the consequence of Will still puking up the fucking right. upside down stuff? Yeah. Like, the scientist, the scientist guy and his backstory, like, piss on that. I could care less about that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't see- know. I think it could be, uh, go ahead. I think it could be kind of cool if a, if the future season happens where I mean cuz they talked about how he was involved in, you know, Project MK Ultra which ran from the the 50s up through the 70s. I think it'd be pretty neat the way they did such a faithful love letter to the 80s. Maybe we would see, you know, part of an episode be you know, this scientist character in the 50s in the early days of the experiments or hmm. see him set in the 60s and you know, in the height of the experiments and seeing how that story unfolds and, you know, comes together to give us the origin of Eleven. I think that could be done awesome with this show with how well they did the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't know. I feel like as a big X-Files fan, Harmon, I feel like you're trying to make this show bad the same way X-Files was made bad by getting too involved in the mythology of things that really don't matter to what made you enjoy the show in the first place. That is a valid point, and there are definitely other stories to be told within Stranger Things, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, the if that's part of the essential part of the origin of L. I just think, I think that would be. Cool. I think there's too many loose ends. There's too many loose ends when it comes to the story of L and Matthew Modine's character. Yeah, there's too many loose ends. Tie them up. Tie them up a little bit at least. I need to know a little bit more. I mean, you don't have to have a whole fucking, you don't have to have three or four episodes dedicated to it, but tie it up a little bit. Yeah, I have to agree to disagree on this. I mean, even in that interview, the Duffer Brothers says it's, we're telling the story through the eyes of ordinary people. And that's kind of the classic King style too. Like there's almost more than 80% of the King books, you don't get a wrap up to the horror of the whole story. Like that's beyond the point. The point is, how do these ordinary people act in these extraordinary situations? The point isn't like, why is Christine evil and killing people? And how did that get created in the first place? Or you know what I'm saying? Well, it's, yeah, but on the flip true. side, I mean, we've got characters that are trying to figure out what happened. And we have been getting plenty of flashback scenes within these episodes. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they want to tie up a little bit of these loose ends that people are still asking. I know, I understand the questions that you're asking at the yeah. end because, yeah, there is the question of why is the police officer leaving Eggo waffles out in the middle of the woods? Yeah. You know, why is Will puking up fucking uh, shit from the upside down? I understand that. But on the flip side, it's like, I, I do want to know a little bit more about Matthew Modine's character and his relationship with her. And I think it would be an interesting way to bring back Matthew Modine. I mean, I don't know. We'll see in season two. Well, Aaron, were you saying something? You read or watch King, you know, anything from Stephen King. He is not great at ending stories. So I, <laughs> he might be a bad example of, uh, you know, the, the proper way to end any of these stories. Because all of his, not all of them, but a lot of his books are amazing and then they have these terrible endings yeah but i think that's because a lot people get hung up on the the science of the horror like he ends it on the characters and like where they're at in an emotional place after dealing with the event like you're not going to get like the resolution of the crazy event you get that's true 
And that, that's kind of that's the fair. style. And I feel like that's the same style we're going for here. I agree that it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see more with Matthew Modine's character. But I, as a viewer, could care less. Hmm. So, Ryan, I'll answer your question now because mm-hmm. it makes a little bit more sense at this point. I have not necessarily changed my stance on wanting it to be an anthology series because mm-hmm. I think it ended in a really cool way where it could be this story is done. The mysteries that are there are meant to be there. But um, I'm okay with them actually continuing this story because there's enough there that you know we want to know what's happening. Like, look, none yeah. of us could give even close to the same answer on what we thought uh, the Upside Down even was. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see more of that. But I would also have been okay if, if they just went anthology and the next thing was just another horror sci-fi series set in the same you know, uh, time period. Yeah, but how could you not want to see more of this, Aaron? That's what I'm saying. It's like this cast well, was so perfect. These characters were so perfect. And bringing them back for a new story, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like th- we're in a world where people are like, oh, too much of a good thing. I, and I, I fall into that trap too. It's like it's like sometimes too much of a good thing. Just stop it. Just stop. Just stop. Don't give. Don't ruin it. Don't taint what I loved about that first season. Right. Don't try to recreate that. But on the flip side, this was just so goddamn good. Yeah. This was so good. And these kids are not going to be kids forever. They're gonna grow up. That's a great point. You gotta They're, get while the getting's good. You gotta get while the getting is good. And they, I honestly, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm not gonna say this about every actor, about every child actor that we saw in this. I'm not gonna say this about every child actor, but I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna say 75% of these child actors that we watched in this, this is as good as it gets yeah. for their career ever. Right. Ever. Yeah. The girl that plays Nancy, this might be the best role she ever plays. That kid that's missing his two front teeth, Dustin, yeah. this might be the best role he ever plays. Yeah, so prepare to see these guys at comic conventions in their 30s. Exactly. <laughs> and you're yeah. having them sign Stranger Day posters. Exactly. If, they, yeah. if they're not hanging themselves from their fucking closet doors <laughs> when they're fucking 27 years old and they can't get any other roles, if they're not fucking committing suicide, this is the best fucking role for them right now. And the Duffer brothers need to bring these characters back. This was like that fucking flash of lightning. Even if the second season fails... There's, you've got to bring these characters back because if you can capture that magic in the bottle one more time, you've got to take that chance. That's my feeling on this. And I feel like with that 30 page document that they haven't revealed that there's more story to be told. And so I'm ready to take that journey with the Duffer brothers and I want to see how the story plays out. I, I agree with that, absolutely. I thought the same thing while, while watching it. I thought the only kid that had a chance at a future was the kid that played Mike. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, I can see 20 years from now this guy actually being somebody. Yeah. But even then, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The rest of these kids really need something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Uh, maybe Steve. Yeah. Maybe Steve. <laughs> Steve's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody going to knock down Steve. What if Steve is like the ultimate hero of this story? <laughs> that would be so fucked. <laughs> and he looked good doing it. <laughs> I got a, a two-part question I kind of want to bring up real quick before we move on. Sure. Uh, uh, real quick, when they did bring the body, when they found the body of Will's body, did you guys think that it was his body? Did you think that it was a setup? Because I was about to go down the impression that Will lost his body and we got to deal with the rest of the season of like finding his soul. 
Uh, and my other question or part is, what did you think of Will's dad? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was 50-50 on the body thing. I, honestly, I was with you, too. I was like, are we going to have to figure out how to transfer a soul back into a body, or is this body fake? Like, I was... I was willing to believe either possibility. I was not concrete about one or the other. I was like... I fall into that same boat as well. I was thinking it was fucked up when they cut... When fucking uh, Sheriff Dude cut open the body... Yeah. And started riffing... Started pulling out cotton. (laughs) I was like... I was like, oh my God, is Aaron Neville going to start singing about cotton? (laughs) (laughs) Great soundtrack. (laughs) Cotton. Oh, I like when Zoe Deschanel does it. Yeah. I, I, it was fucked up. It was fucked up. Also, fucking Will's dad, huge piece of shit. Terrible, oh, yeah. terrible guy. Totally. Did anyone else uh, think, or did anyone else get reminded of the dad in Joe Dirt whenever their dad showed up? <laughs> Jeez. That's a good He looks almost exactly like it. <laughs> I do agree with uh, with you guys, though. I think I, I felt like there was going to be like some kind of soul trans. Like his body was dead, but his soul was somehow, you know, because of all the electrical stuff he was doing. Yeah. Which they didn't really explain yeah. that either. When she said that the birthmark was not on the body, I knew it was a fake body. Right. Yeah, that's when you know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I a mother thought- knows their kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, a mother. I mean, if there's a birthmark on the kid and it's not there. She knew it. Yeah. And so, like, I took mom at her word. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I just thought it was really cool, like, from, like, the story itself for the viewer, we don't know if that's the body. And I thought they played it really well at that point when it does show up because I think it's the end of the second episode or the third episode, whichever. The following episode is called The Body. So whatever it was, I just thought the, the story, the show did a great job at making the viewer wonder, I don't know if that's Will's body like, like the mom could be right the mom could be wrong like this was a very yeah. good way of like showing that you know agreed i studied the fuck out of will's body <laughs> <laughs> like i thought i was like the foremost authority on this fucking 12 year old's body <laughs> you know whoa <laughs> i know it sounds fucked up jake <laughs> i know he was really into it i was really into will's body <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I know it like the back of my goddamn hand. <laughs> this, this show had twists and turns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I also think we're, we're doing a huge disservice to the show if at some point we don't bring up how amazing the scoring was to oh, this show. Oh, thank you. Hey, oh, hey, so hey. Good. Do you guys like John Carpenter? Yeah, yeah, buddy. Do you like John Carpenter? That's what you got here. Yes. Do you remember the scenes of, like, fucking uh, Big Trouble in Little China when they're in the elevator and they're taking the potion? Yeah. And they're about to fucking fight uh, uh, the fucking – what's his name at the end? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Lopan. Lopan, yeah. It's the, fa- it's the same synth music and mm-hmm. shit. It's, like, that same style, dude. This music was dope as – Oh, uh, the music was dope as fuck. And I honestly preferred... It's no, the, it's no Will's body, but it's dope as fuck. Yeah, I honestly preferred the scored stuff to a lot of the uh, songs they chose. Uh, not, not that I hated the songs they chose, but they were a lot of really tropey 80s songs. Mm-hmm. And there was, I really liked the score a lot, like when they were using score rather than music. The opening theme. The opening God, theme is amazing. I, I listened to that like 15 times the other day. I was like, I fucking love this opening thing. Somebody had it on a loop on YouTube. It was awesome. By the fourth episode, I would do the very last... Last like bass part with it, oh. the do 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 do, like every time. Yeah, 
No, I love the score. I love this. I thought the soundtrack was fucking perfect. And when you when you do that, when you do that so well, like you know these guys have fucking mm-hmm. vision and heart if they can fucking do that. Perfectly. Hey, Harmon, are you buying this shit on fucking vinyl, Chief? <laughs> oh fuck yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> there was a there was a cover of David Bowie's Heroes on there. I think yes, real. Yeah, like, that was awesome. Yeah, like, that was I've during never heard Will that cut before, and was, that just gave me chills. That was during Will's funeral, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Oh my god, that was like one of the most emotional parts in the mo- in the in the series. Yeah. Every time they put a song in there, I thought I thought it was emotionally like perfect. I thought they did the right thing. I kept thinking song. to myself like that's Will's body. <laughs> <laughs> in, I need to study in that casket. <laughs> <laughs> I know that body. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I am not the foremost body authority when it comes to Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. All right, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, any last thoughts about Stranger Things? Because we're gonna wrap this uh, discussion up. Because we got to talk San Diego Comic Con. Nine. There was actually uh, one thing that I had noticed, and I don't know if this was intentional or if it was just like a really weird coincidence. But I mean, you look at the character of Barb. She's got the red hair, the pink outfit. Kind of looks like Molly Ringwald. Kind of looks like Squirrel Girl. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and she drove a Volkswagen, right? Yeah. In Pretty in Pink, Molly Ringwald drove a Volkswagen. And I wasn't sure if that's just like a really weird coincidence or if that was kind of like them just doing like a little Easter egg. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool. I'm I'm gonna go with you. I think it's kind of an Easter egg. I mean, honestly, it's like I think I think they there's a lot of nods to John Hughes, Chris Columbus, Steven Spielberg, uh, Stephen King. I think I, I think they tried to take the best of the '80s and th- and throw it in this movie, man. Love that Sam Raimi Evil Dead poster. Oh. Yes, yes, uh, that was in uh, Norman Reedus Jr.'s room. <laughs> Ghost Rider Jr. Harmon, Harmon, you said yeah. The dad said to take that down, and that's another reason why that dad is a shitty dad. Exactly. <laughs> he was a, a fuckhead. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this episode, but you know what? Uh, before we wrap, uh, Jacob Harmon, how can people interact with you on the interwebs? Well, if you head on over to Twitter, you can follow me at Jake Harms. That's Harms with a Z. Uh, I was pretty Twitter famous recently. I got retweeted by the Squirrel Girl writer and by the official Squirrel Girl Twitter account. Oh, uh, is so that, is that tattoo? Hey, is that tattoo related? Oh, yes, it is. And I'm not talking tattoo from Fantasy Island. I'm talking about that fucking abomination that you fucking have on your body. Whatever. Every night for the rest of my life, I get to sleep with Doreen. So I'm good. Oh, that's terrible. Harmon, I, dude, Harmon, I fucking, Harmon, I fucking love you, dude. I fucking, I may bust your balls on this fucking episode, but you're, you're fucking, you're one of my fucking heroes. I'll tell you that much, Uh, man. I love you guys too. You guys, I mean, Brian, you're the best. Oh, stop kissing my fucking ass arm, man. Every night he gets to sleep with tippy-toe, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to pin up a Medusa on my arm, so two chicks and a squirrel. Can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian, you're the best guy ever. Jay and Jake, go fuck yourself. Yeah, really. <laughs> I feel a little hurt there. <laughs> Hey, I'm fucking, I fucking, I wanted Harmon on this episode. I was like, if we're going to talk stranger fucking things, 
I want my fucking 80s authority, fucking Jacob Harmon, on this fucking episode. Yeah, me and Jay were like, no! (laughs) Fuck that guy. We've had enough. We've had him for his yearly quota. (laughs) Aaron Claude Miller, man. Talk to me. Uh, Talk to our listeners. Where can they get a hold? Where can they find more out about you and your podcast? Uh, well, if you look on iTunes and Stitcher, you just search nerd porn. No pictures will pop up. <laughs> Don't do it on uh, Google. Yeah, do not do it on Google unless, you know, you're interested in that sort of thing. <laughs> then go crazy. <laughs> uh, we're on iTunes yeah, and Stitcher at nerd porn. Uh, and then pretty much everywhere else, it's nerd porn. O is a zero. So, you know, one word just uh, instead of an O, we use a zero. Uh, and Instagram is nerd podcast. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for being on. Hey, Steve, this is your first appearance on Pop Culture Leftovers, dude. How was it, man? How, how did yeah. that, no, how was it, man? I want you to be honest. I don't want you to fucking, I don't want you to fucking, uh, tiptoe around, skirt this bullshit. I want you to, did it fucking suck or did you have a good time? Honestly, I'm pretty, uh, this is pretty good. I was expecting a little more of, uh, uh, you know, berating and everything. And Brian, Jake, Jay, you guys did a fantastic job. Too bad we didn't hear more from uh, Frank, but you know, this is a pretty good time. I enjoyed the visit. All right, oh, you weren't so bad yourself, Steve. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Put her there, kid. <laughs> Steve, how can our how can our listeners check out uh, uh, Cast and like who joins you on that show? Is it just is it just you fucking yammering on for a goddamn hour, or is it or are you joined by anybody? Some some guy named uh, who his name starts with a K, possibly. Yeah, yeah, me and uh, me and my uh, buddy Kova. Oh, I'm hearing myself. Okay, yeah, me and my uh, me and my friend Kova, we uh, handle a lot of reviews on the Cenit Talk or Cenit Cast channel, the Superhero Talk channel, as well as the Mister Robot's Neighborhood channel. Which hey, I who thank you again for that name? Yeah, who gave you that fucking name? Right, amazing name. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do another Mister Robot podcast, and then you swooped in and was like, no. Mr. Robot's Neighborhood, and it was a gold mine. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, we also have, uh, what's it called? A Family Reunion, a Bloodline podcast. Me and my friend Kenny, we already reviewed the entire second season within a weekend. And, uh, oh yeah, and also we have one other podcast. Me and Aaron do this Tied with Hannibal podcast we might have talked about earlier, where we're almost done with season one right now for NBC's Hannibal. And I've never seen anything. Like Hannibal lore, the mythology, never seen any of the movies. So I'm going in there, like with fresh eyes on everything. And Aaron's a huge Hannibal uh, lover, so you know it really works out both of us. And then Kova's on there a lot as well. And yeah, we uh, we got those channels, and we have my entire back catalog because all the iTunes channels have about maybe 10 to 15 episodes each. If you go on SoundCloud, we have over 230 episodes of reviews since uh, March of 2015. That's wow. awesome, dude. Damn. That's awesome. So, like, if you watch Bloodline Season 2, what you can do yep. is you can listen to fucking Steve and Kova talk about Bloodline Season 2. Is it you and uh, Kova or uh, you and Kenny? No, Kenny. Kenny's you on and, Bloodline. Yeah, you and Kenny talk about Bloodline Season 2. And then uh, Hannibal, like, is that streaming anywhere? Or, like, are we fucked? No, it's uh, – well, all three seasons are on Amazon Prime, and Brian Fuller's come out saying that once he's done doing all of his other television shows and movies, like in 2019, he's going to start and sit down and try to do season four hmm. as well. Okay. Now, is that going to be just available as like an exclusive on Amazon Prime, or are they going to take it back to NBC? Like I'm confused. 
No, yeah, I am too. They they didn't really uh, elaborate on that. All they were really saying was that they do have ideas for season four. Well, NBC canceled it, so I assume they'd have to be shopping it to Amazon Prime. Right. That's. I, I mean, yeah. I, I was just curious. Yeah. Is the Mr. Robot podcast weekly? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we try to get an uh, episode uploaded every Friday. Give us two days to watch the show, uh, bring up some notes, and then we review what well, we do. Like Scenic Cast, we actually go scene by scene of all the episodes we review. So we go, we have the show on mute, and we just talk about it and everything, so we don't forget anything that happens in the show. And it's a it's a pretty good time. Nice. Yeah. I have to check out one of those Mr. Robot episodes. Definitely nice. check it out. Definitely check out the their superhero talk. Check out Scenic Cast. I mean, like you guys bring up a lot of trailers. I love your trailer talk. It's fantastic. I mean, you guys bring up a lot of trailers that I've never even fucking heard of, and then I've got to fucking, like, write it down on the notepad on my fucking uh, iPhone and then look at these Wait, trailers later. Are you telling? Are you, are you saying they should say the name of the trailer in the beginning and then probably at the end again so you don't forget when you're going through the... Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's an off-air joke there. That's an off-air joke. <laughs> That's uh yeah no we have a, a show on the Cinecast channel called the Watchlist where the first twenty minutes to an hour depending on how many trailers have been released that week we do instant reaction reviews on all the trailers guys listen to their fucking Watchlist episode the most recent episode fucking Steve actually talks about how he enjoyed the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie oh yeah <laughs> and I thought yeah, my that's... nine year old self uh, really did enjoy the movie yeah. with the lizard and all the eggs in the subway exactly unsubscribe uh, when he. <laughs> When he drives out of that mouth on that mm-hmm. fucking Jeep. Oh, yes. Right off that tongue. Yes. I mean, I was listening to their episode and Steve talk about it, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I'm going to have this guy on the podcast today, and he's borderline brain dead. <laughs> Does he have a Godzuki tattoo? Uh, no. Steve, I'm going to forgive you. You were a young you were a young kid when you first saw that movie. Watch it again. It does not hold up, chief. Yeah. We were old <laughs> and jaded when that shit came out. Yeah, I was 20 years old when that shit came out. The only thing that I fucking enjoyed out of that movie was the soundtrack. If you didn't like it, fuck you. I loved it. I didn't know what was on it anymore. <laughs> oh, fucking you got P Diddy and Zeppelin? With Zeppelin? Yeah. Oh. Come with me. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking... You know, I, I came multiple times listening to that album. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys. No, th- I want to thank everybody for joining us this episode. Harmon, Aaron Claude Miller from Nerd Porn, and Steve from Scenic Cast. Thank you so much for, for joining us for uh, the Stranger Things Roundtable. Thank you so much. Yeah, hey, thank you. for having us on. Never again. Always a pleasure. <laughs> never again. Hashtag never again. Never again. Hashtag never again. Let's get it trending. Hashtag never again. Am I right, guys? Uh, <laughs> you know, you, I'm taking it one way, and then I, you think I'm going to zig. I zag. Fuck you. All right, guys. All right, this has been uh, that episode, part one. Next episode is going to be San Diego Comic-Con. And we're going to be uh, joined by a uh, guest, possibly. We'll find out. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Who the nice. fuck knows? Man, we knocked 148 Part 1B out of the park. Boom! Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. All right. Well, all right. Uh, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, uh, patronage, listening, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, clean, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers We love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.